This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus. rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome to the Chelsea Football Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that most definitely has faces for radio. I am Stanford Chidge, and the name of tonight's show is the Chelsea Football Fancast, Hysteria. Now, a funny old week at Chelsea. Uh, we go out rather limply uh, to 10 men on away goals to PSG in the Champions League, and we fail to take advantage of another. City slip-up by only managing a draw at home to Southampton. Yes, it could have been much better, but why the hysteria? We were only a few minutes away from getting to the Champions League quarter-finals, and we've now extended our lead at the top of the table to six points with a game in hand. I think a healthy dose of chidge perspective is needed on the show tonight. And by the way, it's very good to be back. I hope you missed me as much as I missed you. As some of you may know, we will no longer be doing the Chelsea Fancast as a TV show at Sports Tonight Live, which means we are returning to our roots as a podcast, coming at you live and direct every Monday from my flat. Well, at least the Wi-Fi signal should be decent. But either way, it's good to be carrying on. You nearly lost us for a minute. Don't all celebrate at once. Uh, Two people who are definitely not celebrating uh, that fact is uh, my lovely, lovely ex-former brother-in-law, ex-former person I used to sit next to in Gate 17, the legend, the Awerthers original of the Chelsea fan cast, Mr Dr Mart. I can't say how nice it is to be doing this back in your flat instead of in front of a TV camera, Chish. Yeah, well, you know, you did define the uh, adage of a face for radio. Indeed, spot, so, yes, uh, I am that definition. I can concur. Now, are you going to do me the courtesy of putting your mobile phone down and actually engaging I with was the just microphone. Deleting emails. De- deleting emails. Yeah. Yes, okay, to protect the innocent, or in your case, the guilty. <laughs> anyway, it's great to have Smart back on the show. It's kind of appropriate that Martin's here, kind of getting back to where we started, really. Uh, now, one of the newbies who has become a firm favourite on the Chelsea mm-hmm. fancast, of course, is Dan Silver. 
Hey, cheers, how you doing? I'm all right, mate. It's good to see you. It's, yeah. it's really good to be back, actually. It I have good. to say. I've got to say. Mondays I, have a purpose. Yeah, I, I really, I did miss it, you know. I kind of, it was a bit weird. It was like having an out-of-body experience <laughs> uh, watching uh, the, the show when it was on TV and I wasn't there. Uh, and after which I had, I did actually wish I had died and was having an out of body experience. <laughs> now, in all seriousness, Jonathan, we should we should we should say this and make a massive point about that saying this. But Jonathan did an actually you all did a sterling job while I was away, you know. So uh, fair play to you for that. Right now, you lot out there, and there are people. We've got a lot of people in the house tonight. I'm impressed. All the old all the old regulars are back in the house. I'm loving it. Anyway, on the show tonight. We will be kicking off with, of course, the ratings for the Southampton game. And uh, then we'll be asking, was it one point gained or two points dropped? And uh, what has happened to Chesk Fabregas? Will the real Chesk Fabregas please stand up? Now, after all of that, we'll be looking back at last week's exit to PSG in the Champions League. And we'll be asking, why did we play the way we did? And why the hysteria about Chelsea players crowding the referee? I saw nothing wrong in that whatsoever. Uh, now, to wrap up, uh, we've got a few Chelsea Chatter stats and the usual roundup. Now, just a bit of uh, uh, kind of podcast hygiene. Uh, don't forget, uh, you, can tweet, you can tweet us at Chelsea Fancast or you can post on the live chat page at Mixler. This will be for those of you listening tomorrow on the podcast. So next Monday, get yourselves into the Mixler chat room and you can post rude messages to me, Martin and Dan or whoever else is on or the show. Or polite ones. Or polite ones. Equally, equally accepted. And the address for that is mixler.com forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast. But you can also have a look at that by going to chelseafancast.com. There's a, a Chelsea Fancast TV page. It's all on there. Anyway, do that. Tell us what you think about the games and anything else on Chelsea. But now, without further ado, it is time for the ratings for Chelsea Southampton uh, with no photograph to accompany it. How about that? Gosh, you have to read them out. I know. I have to read. Well, we used to have to read them out anyway, smart. Yeah. But at least, uh, at least we can. Right. Okay. Now, these um, no complaints to me. Anybody who's listening, uh, no complaints at all. These are Mark Worrell's. So, if you don't like the ratings, you can tweet Mark at Gate Seventeen Marco. Uh, he'll be very surprised. He doesn't even know that I nick his ratings from ESPN and <laughs> use them in the show. Uh, but there we go. They're they're quite. Uh, no more, Sophie. Jonathan, don't panic. Uh, I actually ha- I texted Sophie, uh, who I forgot to tell there was actually a podcast tonight, um, but she is welcome anytime, so she may well be with us next week, Jonathan, and then you'll be able to listen to her rather than watch her, which kind of defeats the point, but there you go. Anyway, and on with the ratings. They are this week, Courtois, 7, Aspilicueta, 6, John George Terry, 7, Cahill, 6, Ivanovic, do, 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 do. Well done. Uh, he got seven. Uh, Matic got four. Fabregas got five. William got five. Oscar got five. Hazard got eight. Costa got seven. And the substitutes, Ramirez got six. And luckily for Remy and Quadrado, they weren't long, on long enough to get a mark. Had they been so, I suspect Quadrado would have got a minus figure. <laughs> but that's just me being a bit bitchy. Um, bottom line is... I thought, boys, that those are quite interesting ratings because Marco's usually really quite generous and he's been, you know, he's dished it out to, to, to Matic, Fabregas, William and Oscar. I'm, I'm not, I, I, I maybe, I'm, I'm erring on the fact they're a bit harsh, Dan, but I mean, what do you reckon? Uh, I think so. I mean, Aspi, I thought, had a really good game. I thought six, he was definitely up the seven. I thought the whole back four played really well. Yes. Um, midfield, going forward, weren't, 
that incisive, weren't that far. So four is a bit harsh for Matic. We did get subbed after an hour because of the chance of getting sent off. So maybe a five. But who's to argue with the great Marco? Well, you know, and as I said, the interesting thing about Marco is usually he's quite, you know, he's a bit like me. He's quite generous and he, he's not prone to hysteria yeah. or panicking. Um, but if you read, and it, actually, to be honest, you lot, just I, I, I'd, I'd give you the link if I had it with me. But go and go and check out um, Marco's uh, blogs on ESPN's uh, football site yeah, because, good. yeah, I mean, Mark's, Marco's a wonderful writer and and he does have a great non-panicky perspective on the game. And uh, I thought what he had to say about this one, particularly actually what he had to say about the ratings, was very interesting. But he, he in particular had a massive downer on Matic smart. You know, yeah, I, I, four <coughs> is probably a bit harsh, but but uh, no, the one the one I agree with probably is is Oscar because five's about right because I'd have given him three in the first half because he was pretty much Oscar. An- anonymous. Yeah, Oscar, he was pretty much anonymous. But in the second half, I'd have given him seven. And I was surprised when he got subbed actually because I thought he was actually playing quite well at the time. Mm. Mm. I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, you know, I don't think Mat- Matic did have a particularly good game. I think he's probably coming back. Uh, you know, because he, he got that suspension, I think he's lost a bit of rhythm. Mm. He's a bit like a giraffe. You know, it probably takes him a while to get back up to cool, kind of full coordination. I, I thought he was looking very skinny. Has he lost weight? Has he been he's, ill? He's quite, I don't know. He's quite skinny. Yeah. He's quite slight. Fabregas is a monster issue. I, I shall warn you now, people. In part three, we're going to be talking all about Fabregas and, and what may or may not have happened to him. Um, William got injured. And was taken off. Yeah. Um, Oscar, like Fabregas, is a, is another concern. I think, but I would rather I would rather concentrate on the positives because yeah. I'm, I'm so happy to be back. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, you know, what I would like to point out is uh, is is Courtois again. You know, made three or four absolutely top notch saves. Yeah, uh, he fun. nearly he nearly saved the penalty. Yeah, he got a foot on it. Absolutely smart. I thought he was very unlucky not not to save that. And Hazard again. I mean, I, I was having a, a row with somebody. I can't even remember who it was. Could have been just with myself, of course. Uh, but I was having a row with somebody about Hazard the other week, and they failed to understand that Hazard's pretty much been the best player for us in every game for the last three or four months. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah? Absolutely. You I mean, know, just, with the exception of a few games when Matic had a blinder, but but yes, you know what generally I, mean? I think Hazard is a very offensive player. Yeah. I love He's, watching him play. Some of those. He's so skillful. He's strong. I just, I just love watching him play. He's brilliant. But he, to me, he's like he looks like the only one likely always to to break through and to create something. Yeah. The only one actually, and that's the interesting point. We'll get into that more later. But uh, first man on the team sheet, really. Yeah, yeah. And, and and the best player by by a long way. It was really interesting actually to see. I think it might even have been match of the day last night. I don't know. I saw one of the highlights programs. And to be fair to whoever it was that was on there, they were saying that, you know, basically he's not that far short. He might already be at the level of Ronaldo and Messi. He's, yeah, he's getting he's, in that bracket. He's nearly there. I think he's a little bit short. I think he's nearly there too. Because his, his goals aren't the same sort of level. But I think he's, he's definitely on the coattails, without doubt. What they did he say, tends to play wide though, doesn't he? Well, so, you know, that's the interesting yeah. thing, Smart. You know, it was, I never remembered. It was match the day yeah. too last night. Mm. And, and believe it or not, Martin Keown said something yes, sensible. Did. Quite he, sensible, I he was, wasn't he? He said he actually, you know, for someone like, with a monkey's head, it was Keown, <laughs> indeed, Tony. For yeah. somebody not bad for somebody with a monkey's head, well done, yeah. Martin. But he was saying exactly that that actually, like Ronaldo and like Messi, great, the greatest players tend to be wide players, but they move into the centre. And he, Thierry, already did that, yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, maybe that's what we should do. Maybe we should have Hazard in the centre. Why not? Yeah. 
you know, it's a food for thought, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, we've got some. We've got loads and loads and loads of people in the in in, in the house tonight. I should give a few shout shout outs. We've got the lovely CFC Debs. I had CFC unofficial or known to us as Debs, who uh, I saw in the pub last night. A nice little chat with Debs. Uh, we got Steve. We got we got you know the we got the crew in the mix of the chair room. Mm-hmm. Steve Hadlow's in there. Hello, Steve. And we've got Charlie, as I said, uh, Clive, Clive Lewis, we've got Jack around the chip, lovely to see her, we've got Mo, Mo's in there, he was tweeting me this week, it's really good to see so many of you in here, I feel, look at this, it's, we've got loads of people in there, it's lovely to see you all, I will try and mention a few more of you later on. Now, I, I thought what we might do, um, because we can't be asked, I mean, I should tell you this now, actually, you lot out there, I can't be in, I can, oh, we've got Andy Silverman too. Uh, Andy says he hopes to be well enough to come back soon. Make sure you don't go to the studio, Andy, because we won't be there. Get yourself sorted, Andy. Get yourself to machine better, mate. Anyway, um, we can't be asked to do the fannies anymore. I think the fannies have become tired and old. I, I'll, I'll leave that there, otherwise I'll offend somebody. Um, but uh, what we will try and do when we do the player ratings, it being that we're not constrained to having to deliver part one in 12 minutes anymore... We'll try and kind of do the one thing that really matters, which is the man of the match. So you lot out there, uh, let me know. I, I've seen a few. I think it was Clive who said that he thinks uh, that uh, Courtois was man of the match. But we're going to nominate our three, and it'll be interesting to see what you say. And then I, then I will put the man of the match up on the website, and then you can all vote. How does that? Is that a fair compromise, Smart? It's it's sort of a cut back version, really. I know I'm being a bit yeah. of a lazy wanker, but I mean, you know. That's better than nothing, isn't it? No, no, it? You, you've got to move on. Hang on, no, it's time to right. move on to when it's, it's going it's an, well. It's an austerity podcast. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. George yeah. Osborne's a great Chelsea fan. He'll approve. Is that right? Cutbacks yeah. all over the place, yeah. mate. Old yeah. Pauline, he went to my school. What, George Osborne? Yeah. Is there anybody that you haven't gone to school with? Well, he was there a bit of a while after me. But... Was he? He's yeah. younger than you. Yeah. That's really frightening, isn't yeah. it, when the Chancellor of Exchequer's younger than us? Yeah. Anyway, Part of growing on. up, I suppose. Moving on. Um, okay, where were we? Man of the match. I mean, you know, I would definitely say, we were talking about Hazard. Yeah. I, I would give it to Hazard because I think he, he certainly made things tick in the second half when I thought we played a lot better. I think Courtois definitely deserves a shout because I thought he was he was cracking. Yeah. Um, there's a bit of conjecture about everybody else, isn't there? Um, I, like Aspie, I thought Aspie had a you very see, good you game. You thought Aspie had a good game. I really did a good game, yeah. He, yeah. he, he marshaled their, was it, their, their, was it Bertrand? Coming forward, yeah, uh, yeah. Would have been Bert- really Ryan well. like Bert- a lion in Bayern. Yeah. Bert- Bertrand and, and Mane was it on the left there? Well, Mane was sort of more central drifting. But yeah, but Bertrand... they, they they linked up pretty well those two. I thought yeah, they did. They did. The Southampton wing at fullbacks, yeah. Klein and Bertrand, are very integral to how there they you play. Go. Charlie, Charlie's agreeing with you. Charlie Wright, Chazza, Chaz says uh, says he thought Asby was our best player. Hmm. Uh, and then Jack around a chick, I love this. What have we done to deserve both Osborne and Clarkson as fellow fans? And me, of course, Jack around a chick, you should have mentioned. The holy trinity of uh, very badly behaved Chelsea supporters. Anyway, what, what, what's your, what are your nominees? I mean, I'm a bit stuck for the third one. I mean, I'm tempted to say to say Branner, actually. That was a super cross he put in for the goal. Some people were quite critical of Branner, Why? actually. Why were they critical of Branner? People sitting around me... Was, Saying stuff about him, yeah, but, but people. Who but don't forget, around, he people who sit around near us. Should he did put, put in the mate. absolutely inch perfect cross for, for for on the on the money that was for the goal exactly, and he should have got a penalty and, and didn't cost a Marshall that well. I mean, he 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 saw the ball that go out to break. In fact, he put it out there in the first place, didn't he? Uh, and, and he called for the ball. He raised his arm. He told him where he wanted to put it, and and and. Brandon put it absolutely right on the spot. It was a brilliantly constructed goal. That I, I, I loved it. I'll tell you what else I loved about that, Smart, and then you'll know this as well as I will, but we had a perfect view of that. And, and mm. um, I saw 
Costa um, drifting off his marker yeah. way before it. And he called for the yeah. ball. And I, and I and I knew it was going. I just knew it was going to happen. Obviously, it, it needed Branagh to put in a really good cross, which yeah. is what he did. But I could see him drifting off, and I thought, "Hello, proper centre forwards goal." That yeah. I really it loved was. that because yeah. I was sitting next to Dan Banks. Oh yeah, you yeah. had a good view of that. Too. Yeah, so I could just see him. He did it early on, actually, in the first yeah. ten minutes. He made that kind of run behind yeah. centre back. Good to see, actually. I think maybe yeah. he might be getting back to something approaching his best. All right. So what we're going to say? We're going to say Courtois, Hazard, and Costa. You think Costa? I think he had a okay. good game. No, actually, that's a good shout. I think he had a good game. All right, yeah. I don't know. That's a good shout, Smart. Okay. Dan? I was going to say Aspi because I just thought you yeah. really yeah. like Aspi. Mm. Do you know what? I'm going to have the chairman's vote here, Costa. But I'm actually going to go. I'm going to go with Smart because I actually did think Costa did quite well, and it was a super goal. Okay. So sorry, Dan. We, okay. We've out outflanked you. Uh, so right, we're going for our nominations of Costa, Hazard, and Courtois. Now, out of those three, I'm going to go for Hazard. Hazard. He's class. We can't. It's just it's, you can't. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. So there we go. We unanimously think Hazard was man of the match. I'd be very interested to hear what you lot in Mixler think. Uh, but I will put it up on the website for a proper old vote, uh, and then you can all prove us wrong. Uh, Andrew Agnew, hello. You're a first time listener. It's lovely to have you in the house. And the other thing I would say, actually, for anybody bemoaning the fact that we're not on the telly anymore, which I suspect will be nobody, <laughs> apart from me and Sophie. Personally, um, I'm delighted. Yeah, I know. But because we're not on the telly anymore, I, I can now sit here with my laptop in front of me and I can actually see what you're writing and I can actually interact with you, which was the whole fecking point of doing it like this in the first place. And we can swear and we can smoke. Well, we don't swear. We're good boys, we are. You know. Yeah, exactly. We can smoke, though. I'll have a fag in a minute. Anyway, uh, talking of that, I think that's the end of this pulse. I've got nobody in my ear to tell me to shut up. What is not to like? What is not to like? But anyway, look, we are going to continue with doing a few breaks because uh, I do need to cut in the weird little ads that I cut in when I issue this as a podcast. So we'll keep the mics open for you lovely people uh, in Mixler, but for everybody else, we'll be back in a minute or two. The only place for Chelsea fans. Footballfancast.com. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Right, welcome back. I am Stafford Chich, and you are listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Uh, now, uh, I kind of my loose headline for this part of the show, uh, boys, is one point gained or two points dropped. But I, I have to say, uh, in my own inestimable opinion, I think that was a fair result. I think I think that you know after they uh, you know after they equalised, I thought they tore us a new one for the rest of that second half. Well, but I do think that we came back and we were really good in the second we, we half. We played well for the first ten minutes. After that, they ran the game for quite a while. They did, didn't they? Yeah. 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 They're a very they... good side. Very well organised. Very well drilled. Each player's got their own role. and they, they, They're, they're well organised. Yeah, they're yeah. sixth where they are. And they've been there all season. There's no fluke. But Dan, you know, they're, they're not just well organised. I mean, a lot of teams, and actually to the, to the Premier League's credit these days, nearly every side that comes to, to visit us at Stamford Bridge yeah. is well organised. It's like the, the bottom line. Mm. 
they're more than that. I was, I tell you what, I was really impressed with. I was impressed with the the, the way they moved the, uh, you know, the wankers who like play FIFA call it transitioning. <laughs> uh, I call it passing the ball yeah. forward. But yeah. I, I thought I thought they did it really really quickly, yeah. and I loved the movement. I thought the the Mane and a couple of the other, you know, I didn't know who they were, but Shame they long. moved quickly and they moved into really good yeah. areas, and they were really threatening. They had Jade the their pace had JT and Cahill at sixes and sevens all match, which is why it gave me the impression that they were ripping us a new one for most of the first half. Well, their two holding midfielders were better than ours as well. Is that Wanyama and... Um, Schneiderlin. Yeah, Schneiderlin and... and uh, Wanyama. Wagamama. Wagamama. And Shane Long always gives us a tough game. He, yeah. he did last year he's as well. He's a bastard, isn't he? He's always he's a, scores against he's us. He's a big old... Brilliant. He is. He's becoming he did, like... He did a penalty, did he? Wasn't he? No, it was Tadjic. Yeah, yeah. He got the equaliser... Um, yeah, I think he got an equaliser last minute last season when the ball was like 20 foot in the air and he managed to yes, get it in he did yeah, he's always given us a tough game They're credit to them you know it's good side they've beaten some very good teams best defence in the league yeah, and they're, well yeah they think it was what five goals they conceded yeah. before, before away from home yesterday yeah. uh, away from home they're sixth on merit yeah, yeah, they are. I mean, I, I, you know, I know we shouldn't be talking about Southampton, but I, I actually really hope they, they they break into the top four this year. I, I would love to see that. Fraser, Fraser Forster. I mean, how big is he? Yeah. He's enormous. Um, you see the interview on the <coughs> day. He, his head was on the bloody he's ceiling. Six five. He's yeah, big. Well, he, yeah, but big. but he, he had a he had a blinding game, didn't he? Well, he, you know, it's tempting to say he did because you know I think that we would have scored probably three or four goals in that second half had it not been for him but I think there's an interesting argument here to say were they you know world class saves or did he just get in the way but then again when you're half, that big. Half, half of, <laughs> yeah but half of the job of a keeper is to get in the yeah, way exactly. so I think whatever way you look at it you need to give him some credit and I, I thought he, he had a blinder and I mean there was that, that, was that there was that one right at the end you'd have loved this smart if you were still sitting next to me but Darren and I were standing up at the back and you know, we had three goes in the space of 30 seconds. Yeah. And it was yeah. like, oh, oh, oh. By the, the last oh, I was literally crouching down in disbelief because I, I can't believe... It that, didn't go uh, in. Did it? it didn't go in, you know. And, and, and Terry I, had two cracks at it, didn't he? And then has the... One block, has one I'd say was, he, just got, he was lucky. Anywhere well, else it was gone in. Yeah. Well, Branagh got in the way of Terry's first shot, didn't yeah. he? Yes, he, yes, he did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, I think, that, I think that's the point. I mean, you know, on another day, we would have won that match by three or four. And I mean, I was very disappointed... Uh, when we were walking out smart there was a lot of grumbling going on you know and I mean you know I don't think I I don't think there was any shame drawing 1-1 to Southampton yesterday in recognition of the fact that you know on another day we would have won that 3 or 4 and we played on the Wednesday night as well well, I I don't know how that works there's a lot of there's a lot being like ah blimey Peter Sampson is in the house Peter good to see you in here mate he wants to bring the Gerard song back since it was outlawed. Chelsea have underperformed. <laughs> <laughs> Quality, man. Yeah. Um, that's completely, uh, completely ruined my, my train of thought. But talking uh, about Wednesday night, yeah, I, I, you know, a lot of people saying that because we had a week to play, we looked, you know, we should have been really up for it, and yet we look really leggy. I, I, I don't, I don't know whether it makes much of a difference at the end of the day whether you have a week off or not. I, I, I don't know anymore. And these these are finely tuned athletes with the best sports arts behind them, so I'm sure they they know how to manage players over the course of a week if you've got two games. I think we suffered on Wednesday because we hadn't had a game at the weekend. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I mean, I, I honestly don't. I don't have an answer for it because I think it actually can work both ways. Mm. Um, here's a question for you: uh, Was it a penalty for them? <sighs> Sitting on the fence, you've seen the given. I mean, I, I saw a match today. I don't think he made contact, but from referee's angle. 
it looked like he had taken his, his standing leg. He was the wrong side. He was he wasn't goal side. He was the other side. Um, I don't know. He, he definitely got the ball. He definitely got the ball. I think he got the player as well. But they reckon the contact was actually from Branner behind him, yeah. who caught his caught his right. heel. I, I hate to sound like Martin Keown again, but I actually felt when I saw it again last night. I mean, the interesting thing was I thought it was a penalty when I saw it live, and then at half time you said you'd seen it on the TV and you didn't think it was. Um, I think I th- I can understand why the referee gave it. Yeah, because even though Matic appeared to get the ball, he did take the guy's legs. He did, yeah. And you know, and the angle that the referee was 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 at, there's you know, you can understand why he. No, gave the ref it. only gets one. Shot I, I'm not complaining about. I'm really not complaining yeah. about that. I don't think it was a dodgy pen. I, you can see why it was given. And uh, the one at the other end that people said could have been a penalty when Brandon was brought down, he clipped his heel. He took too long to fall over. And the whole thing about his hands up in the air. Uh, yeah. Which is that he's, was... got, he's got to stop diving yeah. like a fairy. I yeah. mean, you know, Branner is one of the hardest men on the planet. Why, why does he have to do a sugar plum fairy dive every time he gets touched? Because you're right. That's why he didn't get the penalty. Yeah. Because he definitely had his Achilles caught. Yeah. But then Marnie did the same thing because when Marnie went down, his hands were a bit sore. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He was a bit jazz hands as he went down. Jazz as well. hands. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we have to be careful where we go with that, yeah. knowing that we're Chelsea supporters. Uh, but uh, I thought Mane was an irritating little shit for the whole game, actually. And, and, and impressive because of it, I yeah, have yeah, to say. Was, yeah. I thought he was their best player. Actually. He was, wasn't he? Yeah. He was a right irritant. But yes, he was. A small little guy, low yeah, centre quality, hard to knock off the He's ball. quick. He's yeah, like, right little shit. Like the variety of Wednesday night. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, no, don't get me on variety. <laughs> I, I, I will be taken off air as soon as we come back. He on. was lucky to be on the pitch on Wednesday. Uh, on the away leg. Of well, that. Both legs he was. Yeah. Right, OK, moving on. Um, quick chat about Cuadrado. Mm. Um, you know, he was absolutely... He had packed, a shocker. Wasn't he? he had he a really shocker. Was. But I, I think, you know, just a couple of things perspective, because the poor bugger's been getting an absolute shellacking from everybody since... Yeah. I'd say two things. One is that Jose himself said, look, you know, he's more for next year than mm. this, which I know opens it up to criticism, but why did you buy him in January? Um, what I saw of him in the World Cup, he looks quite a good player. But what I would say, and I had a, I had a chat with DJ earlier, I met DJ earlier on, mm. we were talking about this. Clear, clearly his confidence is, is just very low. I mean, you just t- tell by the first touch he was making that yeah. he's got no confidence. And it just it makes me wonder, right, you know, look at Salah and how he did at Basel and how he's now doing at Fiorentina. You look at a lot of these players he play for, you know, fairly decent clubs. They come to Chelsea, it just makes you realise the step up they have to make. And mm. I think the pressure the pressure for some of these players tells massively because they're so desperate to do well. And I, I mean, he looks like a player who's shitting a brick when he's playing. Well, the style that Chelsea are playing at the moment, there's an awful <coughs> lot of one-touch passing uh, and, and that takes a lot of practice and mm. it takes a lot of getting into the rhythm of that, doesn't it? Well, yeah, yeah. Well, Fabregas certainly seems to have lost it, but um, we'll talk about, we'll talk about that later. But, um, you know, look, when all is said, I, I think, you know, I think it's too early for Cuadrado. I think we need to give him a bit of time. Jose said as much, mm. but it's a bit annoying, isn't it, when you're bringing people on who, who you know, to try and make a difference and, and, and they just don't have it. I'm sure he's capable of it and I'm sure he will deliver eventually, but he needs time. I mean, the other thing is like, you know, when you've got, um, you know, when you've got, uh, you know, Matic and Fabregas both misfiring slightly hmm. in the midfield, in the defensive areas of the midfield, uh, you know, it's a shame 
but Ake doesn't get brought on. Mm. You know, why why not play Ake? I Chelsea mean, player. You know, one of the criticisms that have been levelled at Chelsea is that they've only only used a squad of about 13, 14 players. Mm. Well, if they're in that twenty five man squad, they should be good enough to play. Yep. So bloody bring them on. Yeah. Anyway, enough of me ranting. I think the, the the bottom line is for this is that you know we've extended our lead by a point. Yeah. You know if we, we you know so uh, uh, City effectively you know they lost. I mean, but effectively you know no damage has been done this weekend. We're another point ahead than we should have been. Yeah. I mean, if you said to us on Saturday morning, come five o'clock on. Uh, Sunday would be a point clear City have lost mm. you take that all day every day I'm so glad you remembered the sense that you were telling me on after the game which is what I was struggling to try and remember yeah. what you said that's why you're here Dan but yeah I'm, you know I'm, I'm kind of happy you know it's another point another game gone we're closer yeah. to the title to be eight points ahead with a game in hand with two months to go would be phenomenal but I'm happy with six mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's, I think that's an interesting point. I've got a lovely one from Tony here, and he says, failing to beat uh, you know, the first man on the corner is unforgivable for a pro. Oh, Tony, yeah. Martin and I have been moaning about this for 15 years. Since Dennis Wise? Since Soxie, Soxie, yeah. yeah. so was the last yeah, The one only exception was Belletti. He could take a good corner. Belletti could take a good corner, but he was very seldom on the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I agree with you, and I cannot fathom why these players cannot deliver a decent corner. It's beggar's belief. Anyway, um... I think just a kind of a general one really now is, is that, you know, what, what on earth has happened to our early season form? And, and I've written down here, you know, have Costa, Fabregas, Matic and Oscar run into bad form? I, w- I would say Costa probably is beginning to look like Costa again. I think mm-hmm. that goal will do in the world of good. Absolutely. You needed you know. that. The first one since January. But, you know, Matic doesn't, looks a bit off it. But I'm, I'm more worried really about Oscar and Fabregas. Now, in the next part, we're going to do the whole Fabregas thing yeah. to death. So... But I mean, just generally, do you think they are hitting hitting uh, you know a bit of a, a bad run of form? A few of those players. There's a lot. There seems to me a lot of the Chelsea players at the moment are not in good form. I think Matic is still doing what he's done all season. But I, I, I think you're right. What you said earlier that 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 layoff that he had when he was suspended didn't do him any good, no, and he, he hasn't quite got back to it. Yeah. I mean, you know, he got taken off yesterday largely because I think he would have been sent off. If yes, yeah. he was lucky not to be when he when he clicked. second foul. Marnie. second foul. Marnie. It was Marnie. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't. I mean, the other thing is is that there's been a lot of criticism levelled at us recently about being a bit negative, and I just kind of really wonder, um, you know, what what I found really interesting. I think you know what actually the, the 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 first and the second half were a real kind of nice encapsulation of what we've been seeing in the last few months. So the first half we were you know doing everything that I get very critical of, which is you know t- what does Tell always say, smart. Got up the pace. Got up the pace because yeah. the tempo was too slow. Yeah. Um, they were, you know, they were fanning around around the. And they, everything was too square. No incisive balls going to the penalty area. No width, and they were trying to walk the ball into the net. There were people, which is the big problem I've had with them this season. There were people sitting. Second half was the opposite of that. There were people sitting around me saying, "Take the player on." They're always looking for the pass. They never take the player on. Yeah. yeah. Or shoot. That's the other yeah. thing. You know, but I think this. I mean, you know. <laughs> The interesting thing is, is the second half, they turned it all around, they became more direct, they were taking shots, and there was a much better tempo. Yeah, well, that shot from Asby from the corner of the box late in the game, that was a blinding shot. If we were doing the fannies, that would be a Guinness <coughs> moment and for Os- me, Oscar, that shot. Oscar couldn't should have scored with another shot. Yeah. William was having a crack. Mm. I just can't understand. I mean, you know, this is the thing, boys. Why, you know, it's so obvious to us that, you know... Uh, Quicken the tempo. Don't pass it square on the 18-yard area. Mm. 
uh, go wide occasionally and crack off a few shots because you never know what might happen. You know, if you've got a striker like Costa... It creates chaos, doesn't it? Well, if you've got a striker like Costa hanging around in the box, he's going to get a rebound, and if not, we might get a corner, and we're good at set pieces, blah, 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 blah. You know, for me, that's so obvious. And I cannot understand why players who are that good with a manager who is that great don't seem to get this. What is going on? And we have too many shots blocked as well. Yeah, well, that's good defending. I mean, this well, is the argument again. This is the this is the argument Mourinho would give against it. He says, "Well, look, you know, defenses are so organised these days, particularly when they're playing us at Stamford Bridge." So, and you could see it yesterday, actually, as Dan was yeah. saying, Southampton were wonderfully organised. Two banks of four mm. every time they lost the ball, and it is you know, if you're shooting through traffic, it becomes harder. And I can mm. see the sense in that. But fucking hell, give it a go, you know. And which is what they did in the second half. To be fair, mm. they they yeah. pulled us out of position the whole game. They did, didn't they? Yeah. They did. Uh, Tony, uh, oh, no, I'm, I'm reading this one out because somebody agrees with me. Uh, Deb says, yes, Chidge, everyone's shouting, shoot! How many minutes did he get, Tony? Uh, I'm, and Tony says, I'm being hard on Quadrado, but if he isn't ready, then he shouldn't be on the pitch. I remember thinking Branagh was a made-up footballer because we signed him in January, Avram, but when he did appear, well, you could see where the time had been spent. Jeff Knight says, it's not just that they're out of form, they look tired too. Look like I've lost that now because everybody keeps posting stuff. But you get the point, Jeff. Um, On the other hand, if Quadrado doesn't get any game time, he'll never be ready. So he has he has to I, look, get about, minutes. Talking on the about pitch. Quadrado specifically, I you know I, I would like to give him time. I mean, mm. I saw enough. I mean, he he was he was superb in Syria, but mm. then you know it's well, piss poor. Most Salah's looking great in Syria. Yeah, I know. But he also looked good at the World Cup. Yeah, he's had he hasn't had a full game. People are too quick to judge. Yeah. He's, they are. He's got it in him. He's, he's got it in him. It's up to Mourinho to get it out of him. I think it's one all. Ten minutes to go. You want to make an impression. You almost try too hard. That's yeah. why you know. You of course, have, yeah. The sad thing is, is it should be Sherlock coming on. You yeah. know, well, a guy, well, I know. I know he was piss poor before we let him go. But I mean, last season he was a super player, and I, and I, and I, 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 re- I regret selling him. I, I think he was good. Yeah, I really do. But when he did get chances. Illness has an effect. Yeah. He wasn't. He never really took the, the ball. By he's the not been so good this season. Story is still that he was ill. He was ill at the World Cup, and he's never really got back from it. Yeah, I don't think he's so. at the World Delight at is it Wolfsburg. I haven't really heard so much about yeah, Wolfsburg. Well, I, mean, I mean, all this rubbish. I mean, it's interesting actually bring that up because there's a lot of bollocks going on on Twitter. Surprise, surprise! This week, poor old Dan Dan Levine got an absolute coating uh, because you know he uh, doesn't rate Kevin De Bruyne and. You know, or Salah, and everybody was going on saying, "Oh, De Bruyne's a fantastic player, and look what he's doing in the Bundesliga." Who cares what he's doing in the Bundesliga? The Bundesliga is a three-team league. I disagree. Yeah, totally. You know, the quality, the quality. You know, I had this. Funny enough, I did an interview on LBC, uh, and they had Neil Ashton on there, which Mm. was great fun. Mm. Um, But uh, that's what they asked me. They they said, "Do you think that the Premier League is the best league in the world?" As a matter of fact, I don't. I think it's the most competitive league in the world. And that's the point. I don't think there's any other league in Europe that has the depth that the Premier League does. Any team can beat any other team on a given day in the Premier League. You cannot say that about the Bundesliga, La Liga, or Ligue 1, or Serie A. And if you don't believe that, have a look at the Burnley Man City result. Well, there we go. And that was the. Sadly, my interview came out before that match, but that was the proof of the pudding. And I'm sorry, I, I saw Kevin De Bruyne play and I thought he was absolutely shit. He wasn't good for us. Yeah. No, he, no. he had a decent pre-season, but come the season, one, one nice, he didn't cut it. One nice pass against Hull and then Swindon away when he had a chance. He, he also had a massively bad attitude. Yeah, that's part of his problem. You know, and yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, and 
that's why I'm a bit sad about Sherla because I don't think Sherla did have a bad attitude. I think Sherla was a decent bloke. And uh, I did don't he know what went on there. I don't think he did. I think he wanted to play more games. Yeah. Mm. But, think, you know, I, I think I think we'll never know, of course, no. I suspect. But I, I, I suspect something like this happened that, you know, Jose lost faith in him and Sherla lost faith in Jose. Mm. And I think... You know, we've all we've all worked for people around yeah. the table, haven't we? Even me, when I work occasionally. But you know, <laughs> if you've lost faith in your boss and your boss has lost faith in you, it's time to go. It's, it's not good if you're self-employed, isn't it? But you know what I mean. I mean yeah, I, I have actually occasionally been employed, smart. But you know what I mean. <laughs> you know, if if you just know, you just know it's time to go, doesn't you? Know that yeah. it's not going to come back, and I and I suspect that's what happened. And. You know, maybe... Uh, I mean, come on, you know, we made a decent amount of work for him. Personally, I'm sad to have seen him gone because yeah. I think he could have made a difference for us and I liked him and I thought he was a decent player. Yeah, I'll second that. There we go. That's well, when Quadrano steps up, this will all be forgotten. Well, and I think he may well do and it'd be mm. nice to see that happen. Right, just to kind of put a line under this part of the show. Um, it being that we, you know, I think we changed uh, wonderfully in the second half, which was clearly down to Jose's instructions, and we were more direct, tempo was better, we were shooting, we were creating chances, yada, yada, yada. That being the case, um, is this what we need? Does Jose need to take the handbrake off for the next 10 games? I think it depends on the opposition. Yeah. I don't think you can generalise like that. I would... Why not? Well, if you play the same way in every game, people are going to suss you out very quickly. What I'd rather he did was take the handbrake off, get the game won the first half and have like we used to do in the old days, go 2 3 it yeah. up, then sit back and just do what we So doing. basically, start like we finished. Exactly, start on fire. Yeah. If we've got a hole next Sunday, I like to go and get 2 3 up. Yeah, that's what Ferguson used to do. Go, and then we just it? sit back, suck up pressure, maybe get a fourth on the counter-attack. Well, I think this is a, this is a really interesting point that will have relevance in, in, in the next part uh, when we talk about Fabregas and what's happened to him. Um... And, you know, it's a good league and there are good good managers and there are good generally a good level of teams in this league. They might not, not, not be able to, you know, absolutely cuff teams, but every every team is well managed and well organised. Mm. And maybe maybe we have been found out a little bit in the second half of the season. You know, what do you do to what what do you do to stop Chelsea? You stick two people on Fabregas yeah, and absolutely. kick him a lot. What do you do to stop Hazard? You put three people on him and kick him a lot. And if you cut off the supply there, it doesn't matter how much Diego Costa's going to thump your defender in the face, he's not going to get the ball. And, I, and actually, that's another interesting point that I got for quite frustrated with this yesterday. The number of times you saw Costa wandering out wide to try and get the ball or wandering back to get yeah. the ball, the absolute telltale sign that he's not getting the service. And he's not getting the service, not, not necessarily because uh, the team or, or individuals like Fabregas and Oscar and Hazard aren't playing well. It's because the opposition are shutting them down. Yeah, but Chiz, if you put if you put two on Fabregas and three on Hazard, you should have spaces. And, 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 yeah. and, and you've got a keeper. That means there's only four outfield yeah, but players you know, left. But this is the point I'm making. Yeah. That's very true, and you would hope that other players will be able to take advantage you of those would, gaps, yeah. but they're not. No. So it is a bit of both, I think. Hmm. But it is interesting, I think, that uh, that that's been happening. I mean, look, I for one hope that that he does take the the, the break, uh, the ham, you know take us out of the handbrake or whatever the expression is because like Dan said I think if we go at teams uh, and we do it right from the start A, Tell will be happy and he'll never go at the pace again uh, but we might you know we might win a lot more games when we do play at pace we're pretty deadly well I think so I, mean, I think Dan's got a point there's certain games if you go at, if you go at it from the, from the first whistle you should be able to win the game early when, when, was, when was the Swansea game? January. Yeah, I mean, that's, there's the point. That was the best we played this season. The best mm. I've seen us play for years, actually. Mm. 
And that was only in January. That was, that was four and a half time game was one. Yeah. And the second half was just you know, handbrake. But, but that was that was that only was a awesome. couple of months ago. And we kind of, I don't know what it is. There seems to be like this mentality thing with a lot of the supporters. Like we haven't played well since well before Christmas. But it's not true. J- January was Swansea 5 nil away. Having said that, if I, if I think back to some of the games we were playing in, in you know, September, October, November. We were sitting there thinking, God, this is fantastic football. Right? We've never seen it. West Anyone play as well as this. West Brom home game. Let alone Chelsea. We, we're playing brilliantly here. Mm-hmm. Haven't had that feeling since Christmas. Yeah, interesting stuff. Right, look, after the break, you lot, we're going to be talking all about uh, Fabregas and what's happened to Fab, although we've given you a bit of a teaser there, but we'll see you in a minute. the latest opinions and news, check out the Football Fancast forum and blogs. Read what your fellow fans have to say and join in the banter. Right, you horrible lot, we are back. This is, of course, the Chelsea Football Fancast and I am Stamford Chidge. Uh, And in this part, I really just want to have a quick chat about uh, Fabregas and what may or may not be up with him. Uh, and I also want to talk about uh, the problem of mental pressure on Chelsea. And I also want to have a quick roundup of where we think we are in terms of the run-in. But kicking off with Fabregas first. Um, it's very, very interesting, isn't it? I mean, you know, he's clearly coming back from injury. Uh, he looks very, very leggy. I mean, he was just so off the pace yesterday. He was even more off the pace against PSG. Um, and the theories abound that, or what's doing the rounds at the moment, is that this is not unusual. Even when he was at Arsenal... Arsenal fans will say He would disappear. He would go AWOL second half of the season. Same at Barcelona. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is the same thing happening? And actually, I think the the biggest problem for us is that in the first part of the season, he was devastatingly good. Oh, fantastic. And he was at the heart of everything that we were doing well. And we're missing that fabricus. Now, I'm just going to run through... The the relationship with Costa, just putting the ball through for Costa, the early season, was, was unbelievable. Well, I had an argument, and before I get onto the statistics that I found, but um, the argument I had with somebody in the pub yesterday, which ended up being an argument with myself, it was actually with Darren. Um, what I have seen a lack of, and I get very, I don't, you know, I hate ticker tacker football. I, yeah. I, I, if it's I was boring. A, if I was an Arsenal or a Barcelona fan, I'd put my head in a gas oven and end it all, because I hate ticker tacker football. I don't like it. I like direct, physical, aggressive football. Mm. Because I'm English, and that's how football should be played. Because we invented the game, and and I, and I have an I think I have a kind of a an unhealthy prejudice against Fabregas because I know he played for Arsenal and, and Barcelona, and I know that he's very much part of that ticker tack football thing. So when I see us fanning around on the 18 yard line, if there was one, trying to walk the ball in them there, it's 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 it. My finger is always pointing at him, which may be slightly unfair, and that's my issue, not not necessarily the reality, but. I hate that kind of football, and it yeah. really fucks me off smart. Anyway, uh, this is uh, what um, uh, ulala.com, I love that name, ulala, O U L A L A.com, who are lovely people who provide uh, Chelsea Fancast website with infograms, I think they're called. And uh, Chess Fabregas, uh, before Christmas and after Christmas, right? So before Christmas, he made 16 appearances, and after he made, he's made eight. Um, I think, let's just get to the heart of the matter here. Touches per 90 minutes, before Christmas 104, touches per 90 minutes 98 after Christmas. Uh, 
it's not really telling me anything I really want to know, actually. It's all about fucking passes. But um, look, the reality is, is he's not been the same player after Christmas. Has his pass before. completion before and after Christmas? Successful crosses, 24% before, 17% after. Okay. It doesn't really give you anything useful. So I've lied to you all. I've, I've bigged it up. And at the bottom line, it's... it's, it's uh... What about assists? Oh, here we go. Ah, this is there we go. I'm looking at the wrong thing, being a knob. Um, right, here we go. The main things were actually written in great big letters, which is why I missed them. Oh, you missed them, you know. Yeah. Minutes per goal before Christmas, 707. Minutes per goal after Christmas, well, there haven't been any minutes per goals because he hasn't scored any, right? Uh, minutes per assist before Christmas, 118. Minutes per assist after Christmas, 227. Uh, almost double, right? Yeah. Uh, pass completion before Christmas, 87%. Pass completion after Christmas, 84%. I've never been a fan no. of pass completion. No, two scores of thought. We're, we played a lot better prior to Christmas. Yeah. We're not playing as well now, so that's maybe slightly out of kilter. Never got a huge amount of goals at Arsenal. Either he was never a prolific goal. No, scorer. no, he wasn't. A yeah, I know there yeah. are lies and there are damn lies and there are statistics. Yeah. And actually, it's you know you... what? You just have to go with your own eyes. And you know, I think it's pretty obvious to us that he's not been uh, as good as he was before Christmas. But um, he's not the only one. By no, the way. no, I don't know how fit he is either. Whether he's still suffering from the hamstring. Yeah, but what? What? Yeah. Well, I think maybe I think there's something to that. I think that he is perhaps getting over that injury. I think the theory that I came out with a few minutes ago that that. You know, people teams aren't stupid. They they figure you out pretty quickly in the Premier League, and you know they know that if you stick, you know, stick players on Fabregas, and actually you do it high up the pitch, mm. because you see that you see I've had this argument with people about Fabregas playing in the number ten role versus Fabregas playing in the defensive midfield role next to Matic, and I think the reason he plays next to Matic is because you know he can he, he gets more space. You know, because he's 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 a much deeper line. So is he a number six rather than a number ten? Well, it's not really like that. I think I think I think the game's changed so much, smart that you can't say, well, he's like a number ten anymore. I think that you know, from that position, he can dictate the tempo of the game a lot more. Mm. And if you put, play him up far, you know, far more forward, that that it's much easier to defend against him because they'll just crowd him out. They bring a lot of people back and they'll deny him the space. Mm. If he's playing deeper for us. He gets more space, but that's that's what Mourinho's been doing this last few games. He's been playing Fabregas further forward because he was playing Matic and Fabregas uh, back in the holding role. He's now putting someone else in the holding role with Ramirez, wasn't it? With uh, with um, Matic and Fabregas has been playing in the middle of the three behind the uh, striker. Well, it, it does. It has changed a bit all yeah. over the place the last few weeks. But I think I think Jose's you know nominally his first team has Matic as the defensive midfielder. Yeah. And Matic next to him, and Fabregas next to him, and yeah. Fabregas is next to him because he gets more space there, and he can dictate play better there. Yeah, and I think with the license to go forward. Yeah, of course. And I, mm. but I think with you know when you play him up further up the pitch, I think I think he gets less space and he can be less influential. You're right. You know, but I think it is really interesting, isn't it, that we've seen um, uh, you know uh, Ramirez play in that role next to Matic, and you know. I love Ramirez, or always have, but he has plenty of faults. But what, what he does really, really well is he's got he's got a much bigger engine than, than Fabregas. He's much quicker, and he can tackle better. And actually. he does run at players, you know. And yeah, he does. And and I, and I thought that the, the real eye opener for me was the semi final against Liverpool in the Capital One yeah. Cup mm. when Fabregas actually got injured. But he had a bit of a stinker that first half, and they'd really basically done exactly what I was talking about. They'd, they'd pushed people up on him, denied him space, even though he was playing in the defensive midfield role, and they monstered him in midfield. 
And when he went off, Ramirez came on, suddenly we looked a completely different side. We looked far more threatening because we had more pace. Ramirez is getting up there and causing them a problem instead. You know, and I thought that was really... Well, that's revealing. the difference. Ramirez is looking to run. Fabregas is looking for the pass. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, I think the other thing to take into consideration, and actually this was the point that, um, that, um, that Marco was making in his blog, was that actually having Fabregas in that role, uh, you know, sitting next to Matic... You've got to have, you know, Matic playing really, really well. Yeah. Oh yeah. If Matic is not at his game, then Fabregas is going to get monsters, mm. and that will completely uh, denude him of any, you know, positive effect. And I thought that was actually quite a good point because, as we were all saying a minute ago, Matic didn't have a particularly good game yesterday. No. Nope. So there we go. I mean, just I tell you what, the one, just to put a line on Fabregas, the one thing that really worries me most is that you know before Christmas we were relying on him almost single-handedly as 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 the creative force in the team, and actually it was working because he was setting up all those assists for Costa. And if you snuff him out, what do we do? What Matic was doing was taking the ball off their midfielders and creating attacking situations. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying it's Matic's fault. I wouldn't say it's his fault, but he hasn't done that as much as he. <laughs> You know, in the last few games, as he has been doing, mm. and maybe it all does come from that having having he, he lost a week and a half of football, and then he's probably not match fit after that. It's all that cost of momentum. It's all about momentum, it is, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Especially with hamstrings, you may be thinking psychologically, "Well, I don't want to push it because I don't." Who want to... had the hammy, Fab or uh, Fab? Fabregas. He's Liverpool, because yeah. he's thinking, "Well, if I start really busting up for sport, I might tear my hamstring." If he's still got a, you know. A slight tear, it's not 100%. He, he did his hamstring, I didn't know he did his Yeah, because I remember mean, he went down towards the end. Um, <coughs> all these players need games, it's all, I know it's a cliche, but it's all about games and momentum. And Costa looked sharper and sharper, and I think now he's got a goal, he'll kick on. Fabregas, maybe he needs to, maybe he needs a break, which is kind of contradicts what I said, but maybe he needs to get himself fit. Um, but he's certainly giving yes. away the ball too much. Yeah. Who? Fabregas. Yeah. But um, like, that's there's, a, there's a classic part, I think, towards the end of the game, he was towards a penalty box and wherever he turned those three red shirts around him so he couldn't pass anyway he ended up giving the ball away and they broke but Ramirez was there to kind of pick up the, the pieces yeah no that's so. a good point well I mean you know the jury the, you know we'll, we'll see by the end of the season but uh, you know what, as I said what worries me is that you know clearly Fabregas is so crucial to uh, our create you know the creative side of our game that we can't afford to have him going AWOL for the next 10 games yeah because it's going to have a well, massive impact. So if Fabregas picked up a serious injury and he was out for a long time, what would we do? Well, this is why I was saying <coughs> before the break, Smart. I mean, you know, you're... I mean, here's the other thing. Remember, we're missing Mikel at the moment. And yeah, this, yeah. this will make everybody who listens to the podcast inherently <coughs> happy. But, you know, the trouble with... with if you have Mikel and Matic together, you've got the same type of player doing the same type of job. I mean, for me, the natural... Uh, the only replacement we have for Fabregas, as we've seen, is Ramirez. And, mm-hmm. of course, Ramirez is not a replacement for Fabregas. We don't have, in the squad, another player like Fabregas. Do. I don't think. Okay. I think you, Os- well, I would chop Oscar back to the... Well, do you know what, Dan? I, I, I take your point with Aki. I, don't, I don't think we know what kind of a player Aki is yet. Not, I, I'd, like to, I'd like to find out, Smart, yeah, Me too. You know... But I think Dan's point is absolutely bang on because I've been saying this for bloody donkeys. Yeah. I can't understand why, uh, you know, Oscar can't play either at number 10, either behind Costa, or, or in the more deep-lying role. I'd play in deep-lying because he can tackle. Yeah. He's got an engine, he can pass, yeah. he can shoot. I think yeah. he gets about better than Fabregas. I agree. So Matic and Oscar, then you've got... He's more mobile. Yeah, absolutely. Then you've got Willen, Hazard and Ramirez. Yeah, Ramirez play on the right. 
Kudrado Hever. Yeah, I think. Or Kudrado. Yeah. He's got I, other players out on loan as well. Yeah, but, yeah, but, Chiloba? yeah, but let's forget them for a minute. Well, know, they're, yeah. not, they're not in the squad smart. I mean, Ake is a good shout. I would love to see what Ake can mm. do. Uh, but I think, Dan's, I think Dan's got a point. Of course, the problem with that is that Oscar's been having a shocker again. Yeah. Second half but, of the season syndrome for him too. Again, but I think he's played non-stop football for three seasons. No breaks. I know it's mm. cliche. He's, he's been World Cup. He's been um, Olympics. He's had uh, CONCAF, whatever it is. And he's got, I don't know. He took half the season off last year to prepare for the World <laughs> Cup. Very true. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to see Matic and Oscar as a well. I, I you know, two, I, so to speak. I, I would be really up for that. And I, and, you know, conversely, having said that, I can understand why Fabregas plays in that deep role and not at number ten. Um, I think, like you, I think that actually Oscar's probably more suited to the the deep lying role yeah. than he is at number ten. And actually, on paper, you would have thought that Fabregas is much better suited to the. The number ten role, mm. just behind the front, the forward, as a pure number ten, not drifting yeah. out right, yeah. kind of like yeah, in between playing the off the striker, basically yeah. a playmaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. penalty boxes. That's where you go. We don't go out right. You don't go left. You have hazard left or right. William interchange. Yeah. No, I, I think so. Dan, you get the uh, the uh, the point of the program <laughs> award if there was in fact such a thing. So I think that's cracking. What point. is the point of the program? I don't know. I've got <laughs> points, mate. I've been saying this for years. You know, what is the point of the Chelsea fancast? Um, right, uh, just to kind of move tack a little bit. I mean, we touched on this because, you know, we talked about uh, the tempo being slow and Chelsea looking leggy. I think there are two things here. One, you know, have we suffered from, from not rotating the side? Because there do seem to be a lot of players at the moment uh, who are looking a bit leggy. And uh, as I said a minute ago, you know, Chelsea have been basically playing with a squad of 14, not a squad of 25. Mm. Do, you think, do you think it's had an effect? You see the size of the squad that Southampton had? They had about 10 more players than we had yeah. in their squad. Mm. Well, we, we like 25 for some reason. Yeah, no. so, you know. We've had a lot of, high, lot of high pressure, high intensity games. And it mentally and physically gets you. Joe said clearly doesn't trust the players of the periphery. Obviously, he played them more. He clearly says, well, these, are my, you know, these are my untouchables, so to speak. Because you look at our, our team game you know, all season, it's pretty much eight, nine, ten have played every game. I, don't think, I think it's even less rotation now that we've got one game a week. Well, I mean, I, I, personally, I think he he hasn't rotated enough. But on the other hand, I think I know why. One is that Jose likes to win every match. Mm-hmm. But what worries me more is that I think Jose, I think Jose knows what his best team is. Mm. But I don't think he trusts anybody else, and I think that's why he hasn't rotated or made impact subs. Like you know, let, let's let's look at it objectively. You know, who does he really actually trust and like? Let's do a little bit of arithmetic here. Check. Courtois, Aspie, Branner, Terry, Terry okay. Cahill, Zuma. Mm. I'm not sure if he trusts Luis. Matic. Hang on. I'm not, sh- I'm not sure well, if he, if he trusts Felipe, Felipe Luis. He doesn't get many games, you know, although he's had a few. So should we include him just for the hell of it? No. Uh, no? I, okay. I think not. All right. So let's go to midfield. Matic, Mikel, mm. Ramirez, Fabregas. Fabregas. Okay. With Hazard, obviously. Has William. Hazard, William, Oscar, Oscar, Oscar Costa. Yeah. Costa. That's 15. Yeah. Maybe. He doesn't, Remy, I don't, Remy and Drogba, not particularly. I don't think he trusts Drogba now. No. I don't think he trusts Remy. No. Uh, Quadrado, well, he's Who does that? And then, then you've got, who have you got in the squad? We're now up to 18. So we're missing a few. Ake, Loftus Chief. Well, there's another keeper. Blackman. Yeah, Blackman. But yeah, but you know, not, the bottom line is yeah. he's only really trusting fifteen out of those twenty-five players. Yeah. And I think that's the point we're trying to yeah, make. Yeah, it is. Yeah, 
you know, and that's from, that makes for a remarkably thin squad if that's if that's the reality. Then conversely, look at other clubs. Pele, Pellegrino at City, probably the same. 12, 13 key players. Yeah, they'll play if they plays a week in week and out. Maybe that maybe that's the point. Maybe yeah. it's the same for every team. Yeah, you know, and I I feel very uncomfortable making this point because I remember when we were growing up smart. You know, that's that was your squad. Yeah, you know, and and I remember that when people are rotating, we'd all moan and say, "Why aren't you picking the best team every flaming week?" And now we're well, not you only have one substitute. Yeah, but now we are. We're not rotating. Why aren't you rotating? You know, it's one of those. You could, you, mm. you know, um, what Dan, is it? Dan, if you, Dan, do, if you Dan, do, Dan, if you don't, if you don't. so. Yeah. I tell you what is more interesting from my point of view, and I, and, and, and I actually think we'll talk about PSG in a minute. But um, I think it's not so much that they are physically tired; I think they're mentally, mentally tired, tired yeah. and that's actually, frankly, more worrying. And I think, if anything, they blew it against PSG because they felt the pressure mentally and they couldn't cope with it. And actually, that really worries me going forward. Because, as we all know, it was the mentality that's actually won us so many trophies in the last 10, 12 years. I, I, I think against PSG also, there were tactical issues. Yeah, well, we'll get into that yeah. in a minute. Okay. But, you know, I, th- I mean, the thing is, is that if you... If you're, if you... When you follow a big team like Chelsea, one of the most frustrating things is not being able to get a ticket for the match, especially when it's away and not live on TV in the UK. What can you do? Get updates from your mates, follow online commentary, listen to the radio. Let's face it, it's not the same as actually watching the match live, is it? NordVPN have the solution to every football supporter's match day problems when they can't watch the match live. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. It's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. can't handle the pressure mentally, it makes your body tired. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And I think they looked it yeah. against PSG and I think... You know, they certainly looked a bit leggy. They looked a bit leggy in the first half against Southampton. They've looked leggy actually for the last three or four matches. Mentally, it's much harder if you're struggling in the game, isn't it? It's 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 a kind of a ever decreasing circle. It is. Yeah. Um, so anyway, would, so what do you reckon? Do they look leggy? Is it mental? Is it physical? What do you think, Dan? I think mental to an extent, but they've got over the hurdle of their first cup with beating Spurs, so something they've got that winning mentality. Yeah. I think it is high intensity games, high pressure games, and not enough rotation. All right. Do you get tired? Well, winning the well, Carling Cup was supposed to be a big lift. It, well, yeah, it hasn't proved that. Yeah, but it's only it, just it? happened. It's still kind of got yeah, sinking yeah. in. I think the next yeah, I, 10 I think games. Da- Daniel Klass has made a really good point. He said the mentality looked all right in the Cup final. He said, but the thing is, Daniel, they were playing Spurs. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. Next 10 games will define this team, I think. Well, Dan, you. Oh, you've only got Dan, 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 yeah, but Dan Silver knows a segue when he sees it. Yeah. And, and unlike you, Smart, he's read the script. Uh, but yeah, I think that, that's, that is a nice segue into the run in because we've got 10 games left. 
Um, and I've re- what I've written down here, we don't have to answer this all in one go, but uh, City will lose more games mm. because they're shit. Well, they'll yeah. drop more points. They'll drop points. Yeah, yeah, they'll, yeah, they'll drop more points. Arsenal, Man U and Liverpool are all in good form. Are they a real threat? Anyone, anyone or all of them? Uh, and then I'm going to follow that up with when, when, when will we seal the title? Okay. And what if we don't win it? <laughs> I'll leave that to last. So I think I think we're all agreed that City will drop more points. I think they will. I think they they seem really out of favour. Well, I also look set to finish above City, don't they? Uh, well, I think I think City will struggle to finish second on the yeah. fall. Well, there's some talk they won't get top. They're four, only a point. Really. They're only a point. Yeah. Ahead. They were talking. They're only a point ahead of the Gunners now. Yeah. And there's actually it's really closed up. Having yeah. Second, third, fourth, fifth. Yeah. If yeah. Arsenal are only chasing City. I think they're being for shout, but yeah. two teams are not going to drop. See, Liverpool have only a... dropped four points in their last ten games. Yeah, and, and Arsenal. Well, they haven't played Arsenal anyone, won, What is it? Seven out of eight. I mean, mm. Arsenal, Arsenal, Liverpool in the league are the form teams at the yeah. moment. Mm. But then form comes to an end. I mean, look at Liverpool last season after we beat them. Yeah, they're about to slip up somewhere along the line. Yeah, aren't exactly. They? Yeah, Palace. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean, are, are Arsenal a threat, or are we just too? Far? I mean, we're no. not, we're effectively what nine points ahead of Arsenal with the Arsenal game in hand. Arsenal they're they're too far off. They're too far. They're, they, you, you and we've got to play them. You can't chase down two teams. We've got to play them, which can, of course, work both ways. You can that that's six points are smart. In fairness, oh, that, that Arsenal game, I put money now on being a draw. Minimum. The Arsenal draw. drop points as well. Yeah, they, they always do. So they're not a threat. Uh, United are shit beyond belief, but are still in there with a shout, to be fair. They won't go away. Playing better. Yeah. You know, I say they're big Spurs, but that's. I don't sure. think they're a threat. They uh, slapped Tottenham, didn't they? Liverpool worry me because their form their form is good. And, uh, you know, the, thing, the interesting thing about Liverpool and Arsenal, as opposed to United and City, is that if Liverpool and Arsenal are both on form, they can hammer teams. You know, and well, they do. Liverpool have been playing yeah. a lot better since they dropped Slippy G. Haven't yeah, they? Liverpool haven't they? Funny haven't, enough, they have, yeah. Liverpool haven't hammered. They, they've won. They haven't hammered anybody. They haven't like last season where they're scoring goals. No, that's the true. That's true. And Arsenal were Arsenal were lucky by the counts. I mean, they're getting they're getting a three one, but they could have quite easily gone. Palace could have been the other way. Last minute equaliser. Okay, right. Here, here's the here's the deal. Uh, when will we seal the title, Dan? I would like to do Liverpool at home. Yeah, in front of Steven Gerrard. Yeah. Double whammy. Yeah. You'll never see. Have Gerard you never win. seen? No, 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 no. You'll never You'll see. You'll never see Gerard win the league. What do you reckon, Smart? Oh, I've been saying that for, for saying a long, before. long time. All right, okay. Well, Stephen Gerrard, you're never seeing this. Champions, champions. Well, you know, here's the thing. I, I, I reckon so too. I mean, we're six points ahead now. We've got a game in hand. All right, against Leicester. Yeah, our game against Leicester is, I think, twenty eighth April. It's the game before. It's on Liverpool, a Wednesday it? night, the twenty something of April. They could be down. Is it the point. game before Liverpool? I think yep. it is actually. Yeah. Because Liverpool's on the ninth. No, it's so, Palace. Well, that's Palace. All right, it's not the game before Liverpool. But anyway, that that aside, Liverpool is our third to last game. Hmm. So if we're six to nine points ahead, still at that point, when we beat Liverpool at home, it'll be all over. Hmm. And I, for one, will love it if uh, if we do it against Liverpool. That'd be really sweet. The only thing that worries me. Is that they would love it if they screwed it up for us, having us having done it but to them. We'd last have year. the back of two more games. Yeah, there is um, that. Yeah, yeah. But it would be great. Isn't oh, it? it'd be, it'd be it beautiful. Would be great. I just love it. I mean, there were some people in the pub yesterday saying, "Oh no, no, we're gonna we'll do it against Man U at home," <laughs> which is like <laughs> next week or something. No, no. But I mean, well, it's not far away. Can be Arsenal. Where's, where's Arsenal? Where is that before Liverpool? Uh, yes, it is. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, the trouble is now, you know, because we dropped those two points, we we, we can't break our points record. We can uh, only get no. 94 now. Right. No, that's true, but that's mm. pretty impressive. Not too bothered about Clive it. Lewis has just said, I just had this worrying fear in the back of my mind the Scousers will kill our title and give it to Arsenal. Nah. Well, 
Well, okay, let's 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 think the unthinkable. Uh, what what on earth would happen if we don't win it, Smart? Um, we'd have to lose three games, really, wouldn't we? Or draw, or draw four, or draw four, which is unlikely. I don't think Jesse will let it happen. Out of ten, um, actually, what we need to do is we need seven more wins and yes. one draw. Yeah. We need twenty-two points. Yeah. I've just given you a teaser for one of stats, uh, Chelsea Chatter stats. <laughs> but we need twenty-two points to win the league. So that's seven wins out of ten, and one draw. So we can lose two matches. I would say Mourinho will not let it happen. We'd have matches. to lose three, and we've, right? only, and we've only lost three yeah. all season. I think we're all saying the same thing. We are, but just in different ways, which is the beauty of the Chelsea fan cast. Smart, violently agreeing. But I mean, you know, <laughs> if, if if we did lose it, which we none of us think we will. The ramifications for losing it could be pretty bloody awful, actually, because you it know it wouldn't sit very well, would it? Well, we know. I mean, even if it is Mourinho, I, you know, we know. I mean, here's the interesting thing: it was is Marina uh, Granovskaya who lobbied hardest to get Mourinho back, and Roman seems to be happy with him. Mourinho seems to have a very good ally in Marina. And there, of course, was talk about him being offered a contract extension yeah. two years before it's due to be extended, which tells me that all is happy in the camp of Roman Abramovich's empire. And Mourinho talks about a long stay, yeah. doesn't he? He said he's done, he's done his travels. It's just that at the back of my mind, as always, and I'm sure it's the back of yours too, whenever we fuck up by not winning the title when we should do, think heads tend to roll. Well, We've won a trophy this season. Though. Yeah, but a couple of one-cup yeah. smart. It's a trophy. Uh, I read somewhere that I think... Apparently, from Bramwich is in a circle that he still regrets getting rid of Ancelotti. I regret us getting rid of yeah, Ancelotti. Superb manager. Superb manager. Superb manager. In the corridor. That was yeah, big. by Gourlay. Ugh. That's the yeah. most. Of all the appalling things. For me, that getting rid of Ancelotti in a corridor is the second most appalling thing that this club have done since Roman was here. The first being appointing Rafa. Yeah. Well, yeah, that was by some way. And that was a Goodison Park as well. Disgusting. disgusting. Awful thing yeah. to do. Cause I, loved, I loved Carlo. Um, anyway, enough of that. Um, we're not going to lose the title. We are going to win it. And preferably we're going to win it by rubbing those horrible, loathsome Scousers' noses in it on May the 9th. Now, after the break, what are we going to be doing? Oh, I know. We're going to be having a look at our uns- unceremonious exit in the Champions League. PSG. Fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Oh, yes! Footballfancast.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast. We're back. Uh, I am Stanford Chidge, and of course, uh, I'm loving it. It's great to be back. But the fact of the matter is, we need to talk about the PSG game. Um, First question I want to ask is, uh, you know, was uh, Jose to blame? I mean, he got an unbelievably uh, hard time from all and sundry. The press were, were, they were like a pack of hyenas after the game, weren't they? Uh, yeah. Lapping it up that it was all his fault. The, the, I wouldn't swap Mourinho for any other manager yeah. on the planet. But I have to say that in that game, I, I got the impression... That the players were in two minds whether they were supposed to be trying to keep a clean sheet, which would have won us the, the tie, or go, go and score a goal. And, and there was a little bit of confusion out there. Maybe, maybe he hadn't got his message across. I, I don't know. Well, I had a lot of fun today because I, I wrote uh, an IBT, an IB Times UK Sport blog, which you can get. In fact, I might put the I might put the link up there for you lot in case you haven't read it yet. But um, you know, funnily enough, I called that hysteria too. But my point was was that. 
uh, it was you know one one is is quite a, a tricky scoreline to take yeah. into a second leg at home because you know what do you do? And I think you know most most sides uh, and particularly Mourinho's side are going to uh, try and keep it tight and then try and hit the other team on the break, knowing that the away side are going to try and attack you because they've got to score. Mm. They're going out if they don't score. So you expect them to come and attack. And I think you're right, Smart. I mean, unusually, because everybody kind of moaned like stink, quite rightly, that we didn't beat 10 men at home, mm. which we should have done. But the trouble was, was when their talisman got sent off, it absolutely galvanised PSG. And number one, they suddenly had nothing to lose, so they could go for it, but they went for it really sensibly because mm-hmm. they actually kept it tight at the back mm-hmm. and tried to hit us on the counter. Mm-hmm. We retrenched back further, mm-hmm. which is what they were supposed to do. It was really an odd match to watch, wasn't it? I, I think the, the soundbite would be, we play a lot better with 10 men than against 10 men. Mm. Uh, well, uh, they did what we do. And it was interesting, um, Mourinho's interview after the game, when he said that the, his team couldn't handle the pressure of playing against 10 men at home. It seems a strange thing to say, but there's a lot of truth in that, because you're under pressure. Uh, well, they were, and I think Mourinho made that point. I mean, I, I just wonder, they did, they did seem to freeze a bit. Um, I mean, we were poor. We had, we had no energy. I mean, the tactics were poor, because they should have actually... I mean, my point in the article was that they, they should have seized, seized the moment. You know, that was like, their talisman is down. They should have really hit him hard after that, and they, and they, they didn't. They thought, well, OK... Uh, if it stays like this, we go through. They're not going to score now. Abramovich, Abramovich, Ibrahimovic has gone yeah. off. I, I, I'd say, first of all, that PSG are a very good side. Uh, um, they played very well. They're a very good side. They played very well in both legs of the, yeah. of the tie. Uh, we were actually quite fortunate, I thought, to come away with one one after the first leg, yeah. um, and that kind of increased the pressure again in the second leg. I mean, the, the sending off. Massive cliche change game because they had a lot of possession and they weren't really causing any threats in that first half and actually got sent off. A lot of possession, we were set back, which you expected, mm. and that had a positive change for them. They then reverted to having no one through the centre because all the chances were coming down the wings. Mm-hmm. Cavani on one side, I think it was Pastore on the other. Well, they were playing without a centre yeah. forward, so, so it's got to yeah, come from co- Yes, they weren't. And yeah. I mean, Ferrati and Matudi. Tony and Clive are saying that we've got short memories, but you know. I think we mentioned that. I mean, you know, we, we, we have been known to play brilliantly with 10 men. Yeah, Barcelona. And, and, and yeah, Barcelona, yeah. of course, in 2012. So I, I get that. Do you know what? Of all the things that disappointed me most, even more than the fact that we, we defended like pillocks and, and allowed them to score two, two set, pieces. set piece headers, which is unforgivable. Which were well done. They, were, they, they did them very they, well. They were great but headers, but Luis's you know, goal was one of the best attacking balls I've seen in ages. I mean, you just cannot defend against that. You can't make any. Well, they could have done. Branovic could have done better. He just. No qualms about that. Yeah. They were both great goals, but they were defendable, I think. Yeah, okay. But actually, what, what, what upset me more was the fact that Mourinho couldn't seem to change anything about yeah. it. That, yeah. that I found worrying. That? Because that's his great, you know, great thing, is that he can, he can change games. Mm. I, I mean, because all this baloney about managers changing games, there are actually very, very few who I think tactically have the ability to change a game but Mourinho is one of them that one goes, of the only ones goes back to an earlier point and he doesn't trust the squad and he'd rather stick with what he's got well maybe that's the case but it was that that I found really disappointing but having said that and I made this point in the article which I will keep plugging until the cows come home in the cold light of day no matter how 
badly we were perceived to play, no matter how tactically neutered Mourinho seemed to be, we were nine minutes away from going through in the yeah. full 90 minutes, and we were six minutes away from going through in extra time. Mm. You know, we should have survived. You know, yeah. we didn't actually lose that game. And the reaction that you, 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 you came away from Stamford Bridge and reading the papers the next day, it was like we'd been hammered 6-1 at home. We we haven't we were not un, we were unbeaten in our entire yeah. Champions League campaign. No, yeah, we didn't lose a game. That's right. But the thing was, I, and right, sorry, Jersey just, guy says David Luiz should have been sent off, so he should. And yeah. Verratti to go to go back to and Verratti. Oh, he was. Yeah. <laughs> to go back to, to to what we said earlier, what I said earlier about you know there was confusion on the pitch. That 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 increases the pressure, and it made it look like a gutless performance. It made it look toothless. It did, didn't it? But I don't think that was any lack of effort from the players. It, I, I just think there was an element of confusion there. Mm. They didn't know what to do. They didn't know whether to stick or twist, basically. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was very disappointing. I mean, you know, as I said, I, I, it was very disappointing. We didn't play well. We did screw up. But as I said, you know, on another night, we might have got away with that. Yeah. And I mean, that if we had, that would have been our 10th quarter final in 13 attempts. Yeah. If that was Arsene Wenger, he'd have been demanding a trophy for that consistency. <laughs> You know, well, lucky what's off for coming fourth. Well, well, I mean, they, they've qualified for the Champions League consecutively for seventeen years, mm. but we've been in the quarterfinal for ten out of our thirteen, you know, Champions League campaigns. Was, there can't be many teams that have bettered that. No, you know, so very well, that's why our, our coefficient when they do the well, rankings is so high. You know, exactly. I mean, thanks to us, Arsenal actually get into the Champions League. Mm. Anyway, I don't know. I mean, the bottom line is this. Oh, actually, before we get onto that, I just want to talk about David Luiz because mm. you picked it up. Um, he caused a bit of a stir, didn't he? I mean, it's quite funny. I was in the shed, the shed end uh, for the match uh, next to Dan Banks, yeah. where you were sitting yesterday. Had an absolute laugh because I love Dan to pieces, um, and it's a bit more raucous there than yeah. it is in, in where we sit, smart. Uh, but God, Louise was getting dogs abuse yeah. all night, and, and and it was quite funny. And I have no problem with that at all. Um, but equally, I actually have no problem with him celebrating. No, I was just going to say that, not at all. I, I, know. I, I just moved on. This whole thing about don't celebrate against clubs, I think it's rubbish. You would have, you're playing for your club. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. okay, exceptions like Lampard City, 13 years, you kind of have the odd exception. But he's, I mean, he's, you know, he's three years, arguably, maybe cult hero. Yeah. I mean, push, if, you, if you want an analogy, when I went on the podding shed and cracked a funnier joke than I would on the fan cast, I celebrated it. I didn't ignore <laughs> it, you know. Isn't that right, Tony? <laughs> yeah. You know, but I have no problem with that no, at all. I, I, absolutely none. I thought I actually quite. I found it. You know what? Perversely, I found it quite endearing that he went absolutely bonkers. Like, Why the hell not? Great like, header. Yeah, you, could, you know, David Luiz written in the stars, wasn't it? He's going to score. Hmm. It was. I think we like to call that Schadenfreude, don't yeah. we, Dan? Um, but there we go. I mean, to Wolfsburg. What about? I tell you what, I didn't like though. And, and I mean, I, I, and I, and I again. Joke, well, I did. I missed the secret joke. Has he gone to Wolfsburg? Oh, very good. I mean, what I, what I, uh, what I. I, I feel quite conflicted about this actually as well because I thought he was an absolute shithead when uh, he was trying to get Costa sent yeah. off all match and that elbow he threw at him which actually he should have been sent off yeah. for. But on the other side, that's kind of why I loved him at Chelsea and it just actually shows you, I mean, you know, I, I have no qualms about Luis going. I, I, you know, when he played for Chelsea, he always had a stupid rick in him but he was great to watch. What I'm really trying to say was it was great to have him in our side and yeah. actually that reminded me why it was great to have him in our side because I, I have no problem with a bit of needle and a bit of naughty's yeah. going on. I, you know, I'm very much, and I'll repeat this later, but I'm very much of the opinion that 
you know, I go there to watch Chelsea win. I don't go there to watch sporting behaviour and good play. I, I save that for the cricket in the summer, smart. He's a lovable rogue. Well, yeah, you know, and it, I, I, it was it was weird, but I, I didn't have a problem with him at all, actually, all night. I just you don't know. know. Histronics but when he, when he was playing for us, he always said that thing. I mean, he could be absolutely brilliant or he could do something. Totally stupid. He had the Champions League final, which he was outstanding. Then he had the, yeah. the Brentford game, the cup, when he was under that person. It'd be funny if Tell was here, actually, to hear, and Darren, to hear what he, they would say, because they'd probably be spitting feathers and, and, mm. and you know, hoping he, he, you know, got run over by a Paris bus or something. But, uh, I, you know, I, I, I think that's football and that's part of what makes it a great game. Right, now, to finish it off, um, uh, to go back to where we were... Um, Again, I think that the, 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 the sense of perspective, which I'm quite keen to bring to it, is that for me, number one, um, I never thought we would win the Champions League this year. I, I generally think there are better equipped teams than us. Although, of course, as we know, if you have a bit of luck, anybody can beat anybody yeah. on the day. And PSG I, I, can win it. Yeah, I believe that we are good enough to have won it on that respect. But there are, I think, on paper, better teams in it than us. The other thing is I actually firmly believe even more the, the, the Premier League is the priority this yeah. year. Whatever happens, we have to win the Premier League this year. And the Champions League can wait till next year. And in fact, actually, Mourinho said as much last year. He said, I won't, I'll won't. win bugger all unless we're lucky first year. I'll win the Premier League second year and then I'll win the Champions League the year after that. I 100% agree. I won't win the league. It's been too long. Far Five years. years. Yeah. yeah, It's way too long for us. Um, having said that, I really do think... Um, I really do think we will we will win it. I mean, you know, Jose, don't don't be under any illusion. Jose will be desperate to win the Champions League because when he does, he'll be the only manager to have won it three times. Three, three different clubs. And like he's the only one who will do it. Yeah. Unless Guardiola gets a yeah a shot. Exactly. You know, he's likely to be the only one. I mean, Ancelotti's won it three times, uh, and, but twice with Milan and once with Real Madrid. He won it twice as a player as well, didn't he? He did. Yeah. But I mean, he, I think, is he the only manager that's won it three times? There might be another one. I think um, one of Bayern Munich in the 70s. Oh, that was the only old format, that wasn't it? I think. Yeah, but I don't know if, if it, was the same, it was the same manager. I mean, they won it three times on the trot, but I don't know if it was the same manager. I don't know. Well, and also, it's 10 this, times. 11 is it? Yeah, but, well, maybe decimate. maybe people are just like calling it. Was maybe, it's the, maybe, maybe the stat is referring to the Champions League. I don't know, yeah. but. You know, Mirrors his first season League Cup title. Yeah, mm, I still think that, that Mourinho desperately wants to win it because it's the he one does. trophy he's not won with us. Mm. And he wants a full set at Chelsea. Yeah, I, and I, th- I think, I no, think he's not won the Europa League with us. Yeah, yeah, I don't want him to. I hesitate to say does that count, but <laughs> you know, the fact <laughs> of the matter is, I really can see Mourinho going balls out to win it, and I think it'll be next year that he'll go I, balls out to I, win it. My personal view is next season, third season, he'll have. I think we might spend big in the summer, bringing mm. two or three world class players, and I think we could potentially do a. Well, with that with that Yokohama deal, we've got well, the that's, money. That's that's one player I plus our. I think yeah. I think someone to be, we can spend eighty million. I don't think you'll get rid of too many, but I think you might bring in one or two more. I like, we need well, mm. I like to see Pogba talking fantasy football. I think Pogba alongside Matic would be a great. Why didn't we buy him when uh, when he got? We went, we went on the radar went on the radar to Juventus on a free he played very well against well, us in the Youth Cup final I was going to say he? to think that we saw him play in yeah. the Youth Cup final which yeah. they won and he was awesome well we won the first leg if you remember 2-1 yeah. at home but he was good and then yeah. he, they, beat, they batted us 4-0 yeah but that was all down to him yeah. I remember yeah. seeing him thinking blimey he's what a player. player yeah yeah. Pogba would be nice and I think Varane in defence 
actually. I can see Varane happening. We That's know. not Felix Varane. No, no, no. It's uh, the Varane at, uh, at, at Real Madrid. <laughs> yeah. you know, I can see that happening. But we do need another striker too. Anyway, enough of all of that. I think uh, bottom line is is that the, the Champions League was the priority for next year, for not, next. not for this year. I'll stick my hand on the line, treble next season. That's a really interesting comment I've got from Daniel Klassen. He says, some people I knew were a lot more positive in 2012 when he jumped on the bandwagon. You know, for me, uh, when we won the Champions... Yeah, okay, Tony, I know Bob Paisley won the European Cup three times, and that's what I said. I think that maybe they're applying that statistic to um, the Champions League, because like like with the Premier League, football only started in 1992. (laughs) You know, but I take your point. But the thing, real thing, is three different clubs. Yeah, three different clubs. Yeah, 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 I, I, yeah. yeah that, that was what we were saying. Anyway, what was I about to say? About Darren Uh No, no. Oh, oh I Champions know. League, yeah. 2012. Yeah. yeah, well, the Champions League in 2012 absolutely proves my point. And, I, and it, you know, the Champions League is bloody hard to win because actually a lot of the time it depends on luck. And actually we know this to our luck cost. any cup. Well, we won it because we were bloody lucky in 2012. And we didn't win it uh, when we got knocked out of repeated semi-finals due to ghost goals or overbro or Uncle Tom Cobbley and all. Or a missed penalty in, in, in Moscow. Or a missed penalty in Moscow. So, you know, it does take a lot of luck. I personally really hope that Mourinho does win it again, not least because it means we'll win the Champions Especially League. Especially with us. I'd, like, I'd like, like it for him and us. I think it would... That, you know, it, there's, there's a bit of a void there, I think. He obviously moment. wants to do it. Oh, no yeah. doubt about oh. that. The other thing I think is, is in, just to, to wrap this up, and the thing I wrote for IBT last week, is, 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 is it would be lovely if JT could win it for us. Because JT is absolutely, um, you know, um, hexed when it comes to European mm. trophies. Yeah. You know, he was, he was, uh, he was suspended, suspended for 2012. Uh, he was injured for the Europa Cup yeah. and he missed the penalty in yeah, 2008. Yeah. And it would be lovely to see JT, you know, lift a European trophy, well, Champions League playing trophy, and winning just Champions League actually final. played yeah. as yeah. well and yeah. contributed to it. And I think Not he just put his kit on. And I mean, I just wonder how many seasons JT's got left. One, possibly two. Yeah. One one at this level and then maybe one more. Well, is there... He's 32? Yeah, but he's... No, he's 34. 34, 34 he's back, is he? knees. Yeah. He's, he's like the Barnick man. He's, he's yeah, stapled I mean, he's... together. I think he's got one more one more full season. But he's possibly. still playing every game this season. He's not, not as if he's doing, you know, two out of three or something no, like a lot of defenders of his age do. He's still playing every game. Yeah, he's... he is. I mean, you know, the only thing that I think worries me about JT is that he still, he still commits 100% to things physically. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, JT's never had any pace, so I don't. And you know, he, he he's he's got speed of thought, which won't go at all. His reading so, of the game, his positioning, yeah. just gets better. He can protect yeah. himself like that, but because he's a central defender, he's still going to be going up for big challenges. And and as Dan said, he has got a dodgy back, so anything could happen. Have you ever seen a better defender in the air than him? I haven't seen a better defender in my lifetime. Probably, but I can't think of any at the moment. I tell you what, I haven't seen, and and this is a good story attached to this. Uh, I've not seen a, a, a better defender, a defender with a better first touch than JT. Mm. And I remember I went out for a beer with Rob Shepherd, as I have known to do on quite a lot of occasions. And he said to me that he had uh, he interviewed um, Terry Venables uh, once, and they were talking about JT. And Terry Venables said that JT has got the best first touch of any player he's seen, not just, just a defender, defender, any player he's seen. Mm. And actually. After I heard that, I started, I started watching 
Okay, any English player. Right, okay. Actually, that was hmm. to be more accurate okay. than any English player he's okay. ever seen. And actually, I started watching JT a lot more closely after that. And if you watch JT's first touch, it's superb. Yeah. Always. Even when he chests it, it's got to yeah, be. Yeah, I was going to say, even with his head, his chest, yeah. whatever. He brings that ball under control so quickly, it gives him the time to do something. And he'll lay it off to someone yeah. every time. Every time. Uh, so uh, well done uh, Terry Venables who as a manager I'd have loved to see him Chelsea but there you go alright uh, a little bit of a break and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about moral outrage and hysteria my favourite subjects see you in a second Real Fans Real Opinions I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com Right, we are back. And uh, I, of course, am Stanford Chidge. And you're listening to the Chelsea Fancast. And I've got the lovely Dr. Martin's Boots with me. And the equally lovely Dan Silver. Uh, right, now... Kind of uh, relating to the PSG match uh, last week, uh, I thought I could devote an entire part to uh, hysteria and moral outrage. Um, And really what we're talking about here, boys, is the fact that when Ibrahimovic got sent off, uh, apparently uh, all of Chelsea's players, apart from Courtois, crowded the ref and absolutely physically made him send Ibrahimovic off. I mean, the first thing that I would like to point out is from, you know, obviously I couldn't really see it very well during the game, but, you know, the footage I've seen of it is that he clearly was going for his red yeah. card well before the players well before went round. I watched it when I got home. You could see him, his hands was like that, and you could see yeah. the red card he, coming He knew out. what he wanted there to do. There was two or three players around him, and the red card was half out, and his yeah. arms were like, I know what I'm doing. So they didn't influence the decision. No, he saw uh, that. The other thing, another thing that I found that was unbelievably just, you know, shithousery of the highest degree but from from Phil Big Nose Thompson of course who was trying to claim uh, on soccer Saturday that clearly Chelsea uh, were play acting and uh, influencing the ref and they were doing it uh, in in formation like a Red Arrows team because he said that if they were really worried about Oscar they would have immediately gone to see if he was all right. And, I, you know, actually, do you know what? That's quite a valid point. But he completely omitted to say that as soon as uh, Ibrahimovic got sent off, three or four of them were around Oscar waving to the bench yeah, to come on. Well, actually, in fact, four that were around him before Ibrahimovic well, got well, sent off. I, I wasn't because you saw John Terry run across <coughs> and stamped on Oscar. He's running across there. I don't know if you saw that. Did he? He no, ran I across. And he, I think he caught Oscar on the shoulder. But I think as P. Hazard and Matic were like that mm. because everyone was focused on the referee yeah. and what he was doing. So that you know, Phil Thompson, Liverpool bias as usual. Well, I like all of them. It's it's uh, whether we're we've got our blue tinted spectacles. It does seem Chelsea are the whipping boys. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Well, I mean, on. how many times have you seen Liverpool? Uh, Manu, all these players, well, Leeds in the sixties and seventies, all, all, all foreign teams do it because it's a particularly nasty habit of Johnny Foreigner. Obviously, that's my Clarkson moment for tonight. <laughs> but I mean, you know, did did you? I mean, serious question: Did we overstep the mark? We did what every other was it? Was it? For, well, that's not answer the question. Did we no, overstep the mark? No, we we did what we had to do. Okay, that's a good. Which is the JT line? Everybody yeah. else does it, and we would leave even Slippy G says everybody does it. Yeah, Gary Neville. Roy, was cool with it. it was, Roy Keane was. It might be Andy Durso. I think that's interesting. Yeah, pushed uh, him over, didn't it? Well, he was. He was. 
really in his face and Durso was backing off backing off not giving his ground the yeah. whole team were like you know, Jack Stam I remember yeah. in that yeah I've seen that I mean Carragher everyone does it you, the whole, they always say get in the referee's ear get in there early make him you know put the pressure on him put the pressure on him that's what they do which kind of makes uh, I've seen it on Sunday League football yeah I mean it's it's always happened all teams do it and you know it, it is it, I mean I'll be honest it is about seeking an advantage I mean Martin and, and I quite like our rugby and the best person at influencing a referee was Martin Johnson. He's always in the referee's face. I mean, and, and of course in rugby, Bitching you've got to be really time. careful how yeah. you behave with the referee. Well, that's, that's, that's the thing, you yeah. mic'd up. That's the thing, referees were mic'd yeah. up. I remember, um, do you remember the documentary that um, Ellery was mic'd up for game and yeah. Adam said something to him. Yeah. He said, we may be effing useless, but we're not cheats. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, Brian Robson was a legend for, for getting in the ref's ear for a whole game. So basically it's Why? always been yeah. done. So the fact, the recognition that it has always been done and you know, we kind of accept it as part of the game. Why such a bloody overreaction, particularly from Carragher and Sunas, and then yeah. the entire press the next day? Because it, it, it seems that Chelsea are the whipping boys. You know, I've, it seems I've, the narrative, doesn't it? Does, it does, yeah. I've stopped reading papers the last 18 months, but what I see on Twitter, what I see on Sky, Chelsea are like the paragons of evil right now. They yeah, we're racist, right. we're rent boys, mm. all it, that stuff. It, it seems that, you know, yes, we were the first club with all the money, but City have had more than us and they don't seem to get anywhere near and as United bad press don't as we get do. A bad press. We're United not so much. Liverpool we, never get a bad we, press. We got it because of the money. We got it because we had a Brambridge in yeah. first of the, you know, the, the rich man's play things. Yeah. City don't seem to get anywhere we, near we as bad press. We've football. Yes, it's, yeah. it's, I don't know, maybe I'm slightly cynical. I mean, there's, I a class, there's a classic case of that actually last night, Dan. David Conn, who writes for The Guardian, who wrote a brilliant book called The Beautiful Game, whose heart is basically in the right place. You know, he, he believes in a world where football was a decent game for working-class people, yeah. wasn't owned and ruined by by billionaires from whatever country and, and for whatever club. Jumpers and for goalposts. And he, he is a Man City supporter. Mm-hmm. He's a proper yeah. mank. You know, he favourited or retweeted a tweet from some organisation called Genius Football last night who have something like 700,000 followers. And it put up a, a photograph of... It was Chelsea nil or Forest 7, Chelsea nil, right? And they tagged it with before Russian money. So do you know what I tweeted back? I put before Russian money and attached a photograph of the 1971 Cup Winners' Cup team lifting the trophy and one of the 97 uh, team lifting the Cup Winners' Cup trophy. And I put before Russian money. Because that's the point. Um, what is the point you're trying to make? I would put a picture of Paul Dickoff Wembley playing Gillian before... Kuwaiti money. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's absolutely. But I, I think you're right. I think, I mean, you know, again, I, funnily enough, I, I got quizzed on this by Ashton on on LBC on Saturday, and you know, they were saying, well, what, you know, why were were Carragher and, and Sunas doing this? I said, well, because they're in a TV studio, and their job is to pick up on anything controversial or newsworthy yeah. and run with that. And actually, that's what they did. I mean, how how Graham Sunis can seriously call that outrageous and disgraceful is uh, um, is beyond belief. And we all know Carragher did it yeah, every yeah, game. A couple of points. Firstly, I've seen Sunes give us fulsome praise yeah. in other games. He did actually that night. But in other games, I can't remember what game it was, but he was absolutely saying, that's a great Chelsea side. You know, complete opposite of what he was saying against PSG. Secondly, I don't know how much of this punditry is possibly scripted maybe there's a guy at half time goes right point yeah a, no point there B. is I mean yeah. I've worked in TV yeah, so, yeah. it's about it's about the narrative yes. it's about the, raise this raise you that. don't talk about the game 
you talk about um, you know what what has happened controversially because yeah. that's and what they go for. I was listening to the. Um, it's like it's telling you what it's like, Dad. You know when you watch the news, yeah. you never see good news, do you? No. Why? Because it's boring. Because bad news it's is no more news. interesting. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Yeah. There we go. And it's, it's, and it's the same with football. There's a. There's. A, I was listening to Sunday Supplement podcast and anti Castrianarchist. I've missed all. I missed that. He this absolutely. Well, he's an absolute fucking. He's in, melt. Yeah. He, he really absolutely is. tore Marino. They were really scraping the bottom. There's two. There's one journalist who was quite complimentary about him, and he came on for about six minute diatribe. Yeah. Marino's this. He's anti this. He's just like. Oh, yeah, but Castrianarchist. They were really scraping the bottom of the bubble with that, yeah, weren't yeah. they? Literally. Yeah. Secret joke, Mark. I get you. Literally. Yeah. You're supposed to love him with the bubble, yeah. yeah, yeah no, I'm with you. Okay. I got you. All right. But anyway, he just. I'm very upset that you didn't like my joke. I got it. Kastronakis is also. I've odious. forgotten the tumbleweeds. Yeah, we need the, we need to bring back the tumbleweed for the mm. podcast because these bastards don't laugh at my jokes like they used to. Um, I think you know the the, the, the kind of the, the, the I mean you know I, I talked I talked to Ashton about this again yeah. on Saturday in the interview and he he came at me saying, you know I can't believe he came out with this errant nonsense but. He, and he was trying to be nice, basically, because I think he was a bit surprised that it was me. Yeah. They don't kind of... Uh, when, it, when I do the LBC stuff, basically they're cheating because they can't get people to phone up their show. So they phone a few people up like me, mm-hmm. and then they introduce them as if I phoned up. Okay. So I get introduced as David, who's a Chelsea fan. So I immediately put Neil on the back foot and said, Hello, Ash, it's Chidge here, how are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> you know, because like, I'm a bit naughty like that. And so therefore he tried to be nice. And not go for the obvious because he knew I'd rip him a new one. Um, <laughs> and he said, "The thing is, Chidge, He says, "The thing is," he says, "Look, you know, I was at the game on on Wednesday, and you know what saddens me is that I, I came out of that game and there was no, there wasn't, there wasn't one moment of magic that I could talk about and, and write about in the paper." And I said, "Neil, I said, look, I love good football as much as the next person. I mean, we all love it—a great move, a great pass, a beautiful goal. But I don't go to Chelsea." I don't support Chelsea to go and watch great football and see magic moments. I go to see my team win, and I don't care how win they trophies. do it. I don't care how they do it. They can spit, fight, cheat, bite, kick, scramble. Okay. I don't care. I go and see my team because I want them to win. Exactly. I said, that's what a supporter is being about. And I said, as a Chelsea supporter, I've experienced far more highs than you will ever experience as a Crystal Palace fan. And for me, the means justify the end. Tell me. Tell me. One nil chidge. Yeah, um, but the thing is this, Dan. What I want to know, boys, is that you know, since when has football become a paragon of moral virtue? Where does this all come from? Because they're all role models. It's bullshit, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, money. Maybe, maybe it's it's a point that now the game is so much in the public eye, so much money involved. They need to almost have clean cut, sort of. They're all household names, aren't they? I mean, they're all yeah. household names. When you look at like the, the um, other sports, like NFL, they're all majority clean cut, apart from one or two rogues. They're all what, NFL? Cut. Well, one or two rogues. They're all drug addicts. Well, they're, generally, they're all, you know, like Tom Brady's, like the golden boy of American football. Yeah, but it's it? rubbish. I mean, the, the underbelly of American football makes the Premier League look like a kindergarten. Yeah, they don't have the same kind of narrative you get in the Yeah, but that's what I'm talking about. Maybe that's not the rivalry. But, but this is what I'm talking about. This is a narrative coming from the press who seem to want or believe that 
you know, football is supposed to be a, pa- a paragon of moral virtue, like never, I said. Never has been, never will be. It's a bloody competitive sport yeah. where people will do anything to win. That's why we love it. Like I said, it's a smart. Generous game played by who? Yeah, but if I want to go and see, if I want to go and see sportsmanship and fair play, where I don't get tribal and nasty, go and watch bowls. No, I go and watch the cricket Hmm. because actually it's important to me. Apart from when we're playing Australia or India or Sri Lanka or South Africa or the West Indies, or Bangladesh. If I missed anybody out, Bangladesh, Afghanistan. You know that we don't have that. But no, in all seriousness, you know, cricket is a different sport. It's gentle. It's genteel. Football is not and never has been like that. And I don't want it to be like that. And I don't understand where this fake, phony, bullshit, paragon of moral virtue, claptrap that the media keep coming out with is all about. Uh, you, you mentioned it a minute ago, Smart, all this rubbish about footballers being role models. I'm not a parent, but if I was, the last person on earth I would want to be a role model would be a bloody Premier League footballer. Absolutely, yeah. I want, you know, me, I would, I would have to be the role model and I'd happily be so. They're young, not a Premier League footballer. They're young men with a lot of testosterone and a lot of money. Yeah. And they're It's mental. It really is utterly mental. And I just wonder, Dan, if, if um, you know, the whole of the opprobrium that's heaped upon Chelsea, and particularly again last week, and Mourinho, is all, is all part of the campaign to unsettle them it's they're, they're taking on Mourinho and I think the way he had his press conference on Friday when he said so, oh, yeah, Arsenal 3-1 at Monaco he, Mourinho's a master he can handle anything that's thrown at him you know, he's got he'll, a degree he'll, in psychology he'll, he'll, he'll deflect it he'll deflect the blame or he'll he'll duck the question I think Jeff Shreves has interviewed him after the um, that's hilarious yeah we just walked away what, what about your opinion what about your opinion he's like well it's a battle of wills and Jeff is going to win it yeah every time it's, it's quite a frag the press can say what they want. TV can say what they want. I don't give a shit because the Chelsea fan is what matters. I think he gets that too. You know, I mean, yeah. one of the, do you know what? I mean, I, he said some brilliant things in the presser. You know, the whole thing about Sunas knowing yeah. what he's all about. The whole thing about Carragher seemed to forget what he used to do. The whole thing about envy, about you know eating the wrong food. Uh, apart from all of the brilliant stuff that was going on there, <laughs> the best the best thing he came out with is that, and he did this in the press interviews, not the TV yeah. one. He says, "I don't give a shit what any of you write about me. It doesn't bother me. I don't yeah. care. I'm not interested." And it's really interesting that he said that. And I'll tell you for why. I was thinking at the end of the week. Um, it's very interesting when you listen to what Jose is coming out with, and every time I hear him speak at one of those press conferences, it seems to me that he's He's gauged the mood of a lot of the Chelsea supporters. Now, what I mean by that is, I mean, to be fair to us, we've consistently been saying on this show all year, we don't give a shit. I don't, I don't give a shit what the press say. I know, you know, all these people get really aerated and excited about it. I don't care. But it's irrelevant. Jose's coming out with the same thing, which tells me he's gauging the mood of what I would call the sensible supporters, not the ones that... The thing about Jose is, he might be the manager, but he's also a Chelsea fan. He says my club. He says my yeah. club. He knows yeah. that. He's, yeah, he's he's one of us. Yeah, you know he doesn't he doesn't believe the bullshit, and uh, I think that's really really important. But I as I, I just kind of detected in in his mood and what he's saying that I think he he he's got his finger on the pulse of what the genuine proper Chelsea supporters mm-hmm. think. You know, and and I mean you know I'm not saying that genuine supporters uh, don't have a right to get upset about what the media says, but. I don't know about you boys. I don't ever take it personally. I know why they do it. I've written articles about why they do it. I don't really give a shit. I know where it comes from. But even when Josie is having a dig at the supports and saying, you know, you don't need to create atmosphere in the ground and all the rest of it, he's doing it for a reason. Yeah, but you and I both know, I mean, I made the point in the article I wrote about at the time, you know, there's a lot of truth in what he says. Yeah. You know, 
if you were an honest Chelsea supporter, and I would say certainly of our kind of generation, you know that the support is, number one, not as good as it used to be. You will also know that actually the support being brilliant 30, 40, 50 years ago is a myth. You know that there's always been a slight problem, but you know that the problem is particularly bad now, and you know that every big club has the same problem. But, but when he comes out with that statement, he's expecting a reaction, and he mm. gets one. He, everything he from, says from is, the supporters. Mm. Everything he says is said for a reason. Yeah, I mean the only the only issue I had with what he said uh, when uh, when he came out with the criticism of the fans, the only thing I was cross about was the fact that. If you, I, I can understand why he did it. I was actually quite appreciative that he had put it on the agenda, which enabled us as part of the supporters' mm. trust to, to, to make the right noises. I wish he had come out with a slight understanding of some of the reasons why it's like that. Because when he said it, it made it sound... You know, The one thing I do regret a little bit about what he said is the way that it, it gave a little bit of ammunition to the away supporters, yeah. the whole you know, Mourinho's yeah, right, right. fans are shite yeah. thing. I think he could have handled it better, but I understand why he did it, and basically the point was right. You know, yeah. so yeah. I mean, as some and Clive just said it here. Clive Lewis has nailed it. You know, we've got a manager and owner who I count as genuine Chelsea fans. Absolutely. You know, and Andy Silverman. And by the way, Andy, get well soon, fella. It'd be nice to see you again. He says the amount of abuse I get on Twitter, I can't take it personally. No. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you know, don't get don't get involved. I don't I don't respond to the abuse. I just ignore it because actually I've decided that they're they're just. I mean, you know, we're not. You know, I get abuse from people with fifteen followers, and I've got twelve and a half thousand. So I've decided that if I actually get engaged with them, I'm, I'm only giving them attention. Which What's is the what end of that? There will be haters. There will be haters. Yeah. You know. So there we go. I mean, I think there's a final point. Yeah. Well, I think I think I've summed it up really. I mean. You know, do we care? Don't we just go to watch Chelsea win? Do we mm. care about any of this rubbish? Don't care. No, we don't. Yeah, win, lose or draw, up the booze. Yeah, absolutely. Win or lose, we're on the booze. Yeah. There we go. That's a perfect time to go to a breakdown. I commend you both for uh, nailing that as well as you did. We, we'll be back in a second for the last part, and then we will be. Uh, I will then be putting this show up as a podcast because I'm that organised tonight. Mm. See you in a second. Fans, real I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea Football Fancast.com. Welcome back to the Chelsea Football Fancast. I am Stanford Chidge. Uh, this is Dr. Mart, and that is Dan Silver, and we are on the home straight with the Hello. last part. Now, we've got a bit of uh, Chelsea Chatter stats for you lovely people out there. Uh, and here they are. Uh, right, uh, first up, Ch- uh, Cesar Aspilicueta made his 100th Chelsea FC domestic appearance versus Southampton. Mm. Diego Costa is now the outright Premier League top goalscorer. Chelsea FC have now won 4,000 points in top flight football. Right. Not bad for a team invented in 2003. Exactly, uh, Chelsea FC now need 22 points from 10 games to guarantee winning the title, which is what we said earlier on. We did. David Luiz becomes the seventh player to score for and against Chelsea FC in the Champions League. Blimey, that's a good start. I, won- I wonder who the others are. For and against us. Yeah. Ooh. That's a goodie, isn't it? Yeah. Blimey. That'll take some thought. If you know the answer to that and can get it on in the next 10 minutes, I will, I will give you a Chelsea Fancast t shirt. There we go, there's a challenge. Uh, right, stat of the week. This is a cracker. Uh, 
John Terry has now overtaken Frank Lampard to become Chelsea FC's highest ever appearance maker in European competitions. Veron? No, didn't no, score against no, us. No, John, John Terry's become the most... No, 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 no the previous yes, one. Yes, I know, I know. Uh, Costa hasn't scored for us in the Champions League, Boomer 2-4-5-3. Otherwise, that would have been a good shout. Mm. Uh, right, OK, now, uh, for Torres. more... For more in the Champions League? No. Yeah, Liverpool, he did. Liverpool. Oh, he did, ago. didn't he? Yeah. That's true. All right. Right. Uh, enough of that. Sorry. Make your thoughts and silence asylum. Come to me at the end of the programme. Right. For more Chelsea stats and history, go to www.chelseachadder.com and follow him on Twitter at Chelsea Chatter. Tweet him now and say thank you because they were great stats this week. Now, a quick roundup of the usual nonsense. I shall try and read, read through this uber quickly. Uh, right, Chelsea Supporters Trust, join the trust and get your voice heard by the club. Uh, it's only £5 to become a voting member, or it is free for non-voting members. And uh, actually, that has made me realise that I have not paid either my personal <laughs> subs or the Chelsea Fancast subs. Oh, I've paid mine. <coughs> I need to sort that out. Uh, right, now sign up at ChelseaSupportersTrust.com so you can attend the meetings, come to the events and vote on the issues that directly affect you and make sure you get your voice heard. Now, the newsletter is out uh, monthly, when we tend to put about monthly, and of course there's always somebody who's on the board who will be at the CFC UK store before uh, you know home games on a Saturday, basically, or Sunday. So you can go and have a chat with them, introduce yourself, join up, uh, ask them whatever you want, and moan about whatever it is you want. That is the point. Um, now, on a kind of a slightly related thing, there are people who may not know that at PSG on Wednesday there was a huge banner as there always are, that go across the uh, the Matthew Harding end. And this one was a special one, which was basically uh, to promote equality and really it's taking a bit of a stance for the anti-racism uh, stuff, you know, that we need to get out there. And uh, it was organised by the, the organisations that are on the fans' forum, one of which, of course, is the Chelsea Fancast. So in the middle of this huge banner, we had Chelsea Fancast, which I'm very proud of. And even better than that, it was also on the front of the programme. So Indeed. Chelsea Fancast was on the front of the programme. Fame at last. Fame at last. But I'm very proud to have been associated with that. And also very proud that we've, you know, kind of reached out beyond doing this funny little show and have actually got ourselves on the programme. Does the that banner. make us establishment? We are now the establishment smell. Shit. There we go. I think it was probably a good thing that we did those year or two without swearing on the podcast. Yeah? That's probably what did it. You reckon? Yeah. Bollocks, so you'll have to watch your language. I will. Mind you, I mean, the, I mean, the, the height of notoriety was the year when we had Rafa as the manager, and I think I, nearly, I had a mental oh, breakdown. During you the, did have a I, few rants. I did. Oh, I, I hated him anyway. Oh. Enough, enough, enough. Uh, that was a lovely thing, and I'm, I'm very grateful, and I, I hope you lot saw it. As I said, there's a blog that I put up today which made that point on the Chelsea Fancast website, and you see a couple of the pictures there, one of the banner and one of the programmes, so uh, go and have a look there. Now... Uh, CFC UK, uh, you can get CFC UK fanzine at home games from the CFC UK store opposite Fulham Broadway Tube, and of course you can get it at away games. If you can't get it there, you can always get it digitally by subscribing online at cfcuk.net or via colonialdistribution.com if you live in Canada and the USA. And I'm trying desperately to think of... The oh, I know. I wrote uh, my one this month, I wrote before uh, the Capital One Cup final... And it went on about Wembley being our second home and why we're brilliant. So I yeah. took a bit of a flyer because if we'd have lost, I'd have looked like a complete plum. Mm. But luckily we didn't. So there we go. So there's usually all the usuals are there. There's no luck in it. No luck in it. All the usuals are there. 
and uh, you know like Walter Rotten Mark Worrell Kelvin mm. Barker Tim Rolls lovely stuff anyway Ari up it's only a pound now Canners Down Under we haven't had a plug for Canners for a while and oh by the way talking of Canners uh, the documentary that Canners was made that was made about Canners is going out on Sky One uh, I think it's Sky One or Sky Sports One Sky Sports One at 7 o'clock on March the 22nd which is a Sunday I think next Sunday isn't it after the whole game, yeah. After absolutely. the whole game, you must must watch it. It, it, you know, I've seen the teaser of it, and that's enough. But it, it'll be brilliant, and we oh, love. I probably would watch it. Yeah. All right, it'll be. You'll probably get it on uh, YouTube, YouTube or something. Yeah, but do check that out. Canners' documentary, all about Canners, is on March twenty second, seven o'clock, Sky Sports One. But I'll put tweets out about it later in the week, so you can't forget. Uh, right, now, of course, Canners will probably be on his way to Australia at the time, because he's off to Australia for a little bit of a tour, uh, and I know he's going to be meeting Chelsea supporters at various various events in Australia, and he will be in Adelaide on Saturday, there we go, I told you he'll be out, he'll be out in Australia while his programme's on the telly, because he'll be in Adelaide on the 21st of March, Sydney on Friday the 27th of March, Melbourne on the 28th of March, which is also a Saturday, and Perth on Saturday the 4th of April, uh, it'll be a great. They'll all be great events. He'll be doing Q and As, and he's a top top bloke. We love him to pieces on this show. So Mr. Larwood will catch him in Adelaide. You never know. Yeah, yeah. Chris will be in, uh, yeah. in, in, in the Blue Rue. Will be in Adelaide, hopefully. But uh, if you want more, if you're in Australia, I mean, you know, much as I'd love people from England to, you know, go all the way out there just to see mm-hmm. Cannons, you can come and see him over here. It'd be a bit easier. But uh, if you are in Australia and you want to go to any of these events, you need to email the following addresses: Adelaide at chelseaaustralia.com Gareth Hemmings at hotmail.com that's H-E-M-M-I-N-G-S Melbourne at chelseaaustralia.com Aussie Dawn that's O-S-S-I-E-D-A-W-N at optusnet.com.au O-P-T-U-S net.com.au so go and get involved with that right now is there anything you two would like to ask me or raise before it's a bit like a board meeting this I'm bored are you bored I've enjoyed it yeah, I've enjoyed it actually I was joking yeah. I was pulling your leg I was making a gag but I have actually really enjoyed it tonight uh, anybody got any questions out there on Mixler someone done a send up banner on Twitter what's all that about blimey oh right 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 oh god right yes they're all talking about why we're not on the telly Yarin is but will it still go to be available to watch on YouTube the day after? No, mate. Yarin, no, no more TV studio. Uh, because when I was away, they had very ugly people on the programme and they broke the cameras. Okay, so we, we, we're just going back to the original <laughs> podcast. This is where we started, Yarin. And I, I tr- trust me on this, we can get away with far more doing this show as a podcast than we ever could as a TV programme. And, you know, give it time, be patient. But I trust, trust me, you will love it. Spoiled, lazy, overpaid lads. I don't know what that's about, Bruce. Are you talking about us? If you are, you're probably right. I think we've had enough. Should we go home? Yeah. Martin, you've got six I've got minutes. a train to catch. Let's go. Right, enough already. Make sure uh, you lot out there, this is not you lot on here, uh, make sure you send us in some good stories because then I can read out some emails in this bit. See, that's what we're missing exactly, tonight. Yeah. We've got no emails to talk about mm. and you lot have been posting so many posts on Mixler, I can't keep up with you. We could bring back dear Mark. We could bring back dear Mark. Right, brilliant idea from... Yeah, but what happens if you're not here? Because you're not here well, every week. someone else can do it. All right, okay. We used to have a thing many, many moons ago on the show called Dear Mart. 
where uh, we decided to make uh, Martin, Dr. Martin's boots, our agony uncle. <laughs> and if you had any Chelsea or sexual related issues or problems, you could email uh, the show and then Dr. Mart would, uh, would, re- would read them out, you know. Indeed. I try him try and answer and diagnose something. He would, he would answer it and diagnose it. And this is really where his name, Dr. Mark, came from. So mm. there we go. So do do that. Uh, we would welcome that. Uh, or just send in any emails or any stories you've got, and I'll try and read them out on the show. All you have to do is send them into chelseafancast at gmail.com, and it will be done. And by the way, Hassan, if you're listening or you listen to this podcast, if you email me, make sure you do it by Sunday night. Don't send them on Monday because it's too late by then. I've done the done done all the work, so there we go. West London says Londoner says glad the cameras have gone. What are you trying to tell us, West Londoner? I thought I looked quite beautiful on the TV. I'm upset by that. Silence again. Yeah, it's like tumbleweed. Yeah, all right. Enough. Right, that's all we've got time for this week. We will be back next Monday to look back at the game against Hull. Uh, I hope it won't be a case of going to Hull and back. I've been to hell and back. There we go. More tumbleweed. I need to get people on the show who laugh at my jokes. I'm missing Darren, and uh, who else laughs at my jokes? <laughs> Ross. Yeah, Ross. Yes, Ross giggles. Uh, Jonathan kind of likes my jokes. Yeah. Uh, that, if... that was the punchline of yeah. one, one of the only Fools and Horses Christmas it was, specials, wasn't it? What? To Hull and back. It was about Dharma smuggling. They went in a trawler up to Hull and Stop trying to creep to yeah. me. I'm still going to fire you for not yeah. laughing at my, at my jokes. <laughs> right, now don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at Chelsea Fancast. And of course, make sure you check us uh, check out the great blogs on the website, ChelseaFancast.com, where you can also find all the information on how to listen and to download the show as a podcast. And of course, don't forget to join our Facebook group, which is facebook.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. Now, that is the the page, not the group, which you can't join anymore because Liam Hawkes broke it. That's all I'm saying. Now, don't forget to look out for my <laughs> weekly articles in the... Inter- it's true, he did, he broke it. I don't know how. Uh, check out my weekly articles in the International Business Times. Follow them at IBT, IB Times, UK Sport, and of course my monthly ones on the CFC UK fanzine. They're all a jolly good read. Now, many thanks to my lovely guests this week who have been Dan Silver. Good night, Chich. It's been great to see you, buddy. Nice to be back. Smart. It's been, it's been, I've really just really, really yeah. enjoyed it. It's yeah. great to be back in the old format. It is indeed. It's yes. lovely. We'll try and get some boots. Do you know, we had, there is a bottle of champagne in the fridge. We should have had a glass or two. A bit late now. I've got a train to catch. Right, you, Dan I'll and, take it with me. So. Dan and Martin are off and I'm going to drink the <laughs> bottle of champagne that's in the fridge. Hurrah! Right, now, that is enough of me, I think. Enough of these two. It's been brilliant to be back. I've really, really enjoyed it. It's lovely to, uh, to see so many of you in the Mixler chat room as well. I love you all for it. Thank you for listening. See you next time. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chels. Up the chels! Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. 
Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.